Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can behold you as we see ourselves in you. There is light, there is clarity, and there is precision and accuracy. And we say everyone here is edified as your name alone is glorified. Amen. 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 Oh, you don't sound like you mean it. Amen. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy 2 15, not 3 now, 2 15. 2 Timothy 2 15, not 3, but 2 15. It says, Are you there? I shall wait for you. It says, you, you have to, you're going to open a lot of scriptures today, so bear with me as we study tonight. It says, Study. Are you there? It's a study to show thyself approved unto God, the workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, and that word study there is from the word spudazo. It implies to be diligent, to make efforts. It's a study to show thyself approved unto God. And that's spudazo. It means to be diligent, to make efforts. So that is... In your journey of Bible study, you have to be diligent. You have to make effort. We are continuing our series on the character of God. And um, so you have to be diligent. Bible study is not um, a, a tea party where you just um, lazy around, do what you want to do. It, is, it requires diligence. It requires a lot of diligence. So I'm saying that was study in the Greek. It's from the Greek word spodazo. P-S-P-O-U-D-A-Z-O. S-P-O-U-D-A-Z-O. It implies to be diligent, to make efforts. So the essence of Bible study is to present the truth carefully so he says a workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth so now if the scriptures tell you there is a rightly way to divide the word of truth it shows there is a wrong way to do that i don't know if you see it so it shows if you can rightly divide the word of truth you can actually wrongly divide the word of truth i don't know if you are saying that so you have to make enough um enough study enough um you have to give it what it takes it requires a lot of diligence so bible study requires a whole lot of diligence and you have to give it what it takes tell your neighbor say you have to give it what it takes you have to because it requires a whole lot so you don't just wake up in the morning and like I told you, I said, in our journey to discover the truth of God, we must see the revelation of the believer also. And you don't just wake up in the morning and just say, oh, and you know, a lot of people just wake up in the morning and just because of what they taught them in children's church, they just believe they can just go around and preach different things around. That's wrong. You have to make effort. So as you're in service tonight... What you are doing, I'm going to be teaching you and, and walking you through the scriptures. And we are looking at the scriptures together. That's diligence. 
You're going to be looking at it like, oh, what's this guy saying? What, what's, what, what am I saying? What, what, what am I saying? Some of you are going to hear stuff you probably have not heard before. Because some of you, this is your first time joining in this series. We've done nine sections, but don't worry. The power of God is working. All right. Praise God. So we were somewhere. And I was showing them something. Let's look at um, Hebrews 12 again. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse 18. I hear there it says, For ye have not come into the mount. So I I will oblige you to pay close attention to your Bibles tonight. And follow carefully. It says, You have not come into the mount that might be thrust and that might be burned with fire, nor with blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of the words, and that which voice which entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. And they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so, much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through a death. Verse 21, very key. And so exceedingly was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quaked. Now, where was Moses quoting from? Go to Exodus 20. Where was the writer of Hebrews quoting from? Go to Exodus 20. Go to Exodus 20. Look at Exodus 20, verse 18. So you see where the writer of Hebrews was quoting from. Exodus 20, verse 18. And the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpets and the mountains smoking. And the people saw it and removed and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, speak thou with us, pay close attention to this, in verse 19. And the people said to Moses, when they said the people now in this Exodus, it will mean the children of Israel, right? Now they spoke to Moses and they said, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. So now, if you have followed us in this series, I have explained to you and I said that... That was the activity in this Exodus 20 of angels. Now, angels, if you, if you followed us, and this, you, you have to do some study backwards now. If you followed us, I, I explained to you and I showed you the activities of angels, and especially in the Old Testament, and I said that the activities of angels revolve around fire, revolve around evil, revolve around different things. And I told you and I said that the believer should be at rest with God's revelation of himself in Christ. And one way I explained to you, I said that for the believer, how God, if you want to really know God, you have to know God in the person of Christ. 
if God didn't come down as fire in the four Gospels, he can't be the same God of the Old Testament. Meaning, if God didn't, if what the writers of the Old Testament, which made us to see, if what they were really showing us was God's activity, then that can't be, then we should have seen that same activity in the new. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then I walked you through a story. I walked you through Luke 9. Look at Luke 9, verse 51 to 54. Luke 9, verse 51 to 54. Just doing a crash course, especially for some of you who have not been around, so that you can flow with me. Luke 9, verse 51 to 54. We've done about nine sections now. This is our tenth one. So I beg you... Um, Go pick the nice sessions and listen. Praise God. <laughs> Luke 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time was come that he would be received up. He steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem and he sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, without that thou command fire to come down from heaven and consume them like Elijah did. Are you seeing it? Now, they went to a city. Let me give you a crash explanation. They went to a city of the Samaritan. They didn't receive them. Just like some of you can go for outreach today in, in UR. Or, or, or RIT or something and they did not receive you and you are telling and the disciples were telling Jesus ah master command fire Elijah did the same why would they decide to dishonor the man of God and Jesus answered and said to them in verse 55 he turned and rebuked them and said you know rebuke is a sharp word if you have listened to my teaching on casting out devils, you understand what I'm saying here with rebuke. Now, rebuke is a very sharp word. When it says he rebukes them, it was basically like saying he was casting out the demon. It was like a phrase of casting out the demon. So, you know, rebuke, rebuke is like saying, don't do it again. You know, it's like telling a child, don't do it again. Don't, don't, ah, don't attempt that thing again. Don't touch it again. Now, it says he rebukes them and said, Know ye not man of spirit ye are all. So it means the spirit of God in the life of a believer does not destroy. In verse 56, he now said, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, but to do what? But to do what? So, can we safely say that God does not destroy? Right? Can we safely say, just, just looking at that text, can we say God does not destroy? Yes, yes, now, because now, remember I said again, if he could destroy, he should have done it as God in man. How many of you are saying that? If he could destroy, if he was behind the destructions in the Old Testament, then he should have done it as God in man. Remember, I, I, like I kept saying again, I explained something when, I was, when we were studying healing on Sunday and I said that 
If God, you know in Exodus 15 we said, I am the Lord that he led thee. If he could heal in the Old Testament, then he has to prove it in the New Testament as a man and heal the sick. So one characteristic of God is that he used the sick. So, and as God in man, he did it. So if he didn't heal the sick in the New Testament, then we would say, ah, ah. What's going on? Are you noticing? Are you getting it? But once, I mean, if you notice that one of the characteristics of Jesus' ministry in the New Testament was teaching and healing the sick. I mean, if you notice that. In fact, even the disciples, he gave them power. The Bible says in Luke 10, he gave them power to heal the sick. So even before his resurrection, before his death is buried and his resurrection, the disciples have been healing the sick. That's to let you know one prominent sign of the Christian is healing the sick. One prominent sign of God is that He's readily available to you, the sick. And you must drive that into your head. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so now, look at in 2 Kings, verse 1 to 12. I've explained this over and over. I'm just refreshing your brain again before we go into other places. 2 Kings, verse 1 to 12. Now, because, th- now, we now want to look at, you know, they co- the disciples said, um, like Elijah, right? Now, what to look? What was behind Elijah's case? In Second Kings one to twelve, he says, "Are you there?" He says, "And Elijah answered to them and said, If I be a man of God, <laughs> let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and the fifty. Look at what he now says. He says, and the fire of God <laughs> came down and consumed what? Him and the 50. You know, brethren, if you did not read well, the phrase fire of God will make you think God authorized that fire. Right? Yes. Right? But you know, Jesus already cleared his hand. You know what Jesus did in... in, in um, in Luke, it was to do like, ah, he washed his hand. It's not me. I only came to save men's life. I didn't come to destroy it. I was not behind what happened to Elijah. Are you seeing it? Now, look at in verse 15 very quickly. It will, it will make sense to you in verse 15. He says, and the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down. With him, and I explained something to you guys. Some of you that have been in this series, I explained Elohim. The word Elohim is deity, it's like, and I will explain to you the etymology of words. I'm going to keep doing that as time progresses. In our world today, now we have a difference between angels and God. In their own world, they didn't have a difference. Anything that looks supernatural, they say it is Elohim. Are you getting anything that even comes from top in their own world? As far as it's above, they call it heaven. That's why they will say rain comes from heaven. Rain doesn't come from heaven. Rain comes from this head, the firmament. Geography will explain that to you. That is why if rain comes from heaven, then what, why is weather forecasting? <laughs> Can weather forecast predict what is going on in heaven? And they are telling you, they are monitoring it for you. And say, you can just check your phone and say, today it will snow. And they will not lie. 
<laughs> if they are, if that is really coming from heaven, if snow is really coming from heaven, we should not be able to predict it. No weather forecast should be able to predict. It should not be God waking up one morning and just say, "Let me give them snow." <laughs> God, wake up! I changed my mind because these people want to go for outreach today. I changed my mind. Let me not give them snow today. Let everywhere be sunny. In winter time, you know, if it is really God that was really controlling it, God will just. If it is the God you had in your mind, though, you know, there's two kind of gods now. There's a God you had in your mind. <laughs> there's a perception of God you have in your mind, and there is the real God. If it is the perception of the one you have in your mind, <laughs> you just wake up one morning and say, "Lord, I prayed that the nation should be taken today, so there should be no rain." And you know, if we answer, it's the God that answers prayers now. If we answer your prayer, there will be no, there will be no snow during the winter. I remember during the winter, me and Noah almost died. We were freezing. We, I remember I told them one time in the house, I said, God has to really compensate us for these outreaches. God has to separate the outreaches that people do around the world. I say, those that go for outreaches in the snow, come here, come in, in every step aside. <laughs> Receive a special reward. Because I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't phantom it. Ha! And winter is coming. Hmm, I'm just trying to prepare you so that uh, there will be no cultural shock. <laughs> winter is coming. Anyway, so I've explained to you over and over that it was the case of an angel. Angels were involved in the activities of the Old Testament. And I've showed you in Exodus 3 also that who appeared to Moses in the burning bush was an angel. So we can safely say the activities of angels was revolved around fire. I mean, if you got that already, that the activities of angels was revolved around fire. And um, so we said that now that was the activity of the Old Testament. But now in the New Covenant, Angels are now in Zion. And the reason, and I told you, I said the reason for the change of the ministry of angels in the four Gospels, the book of Acts, in the Epistles also, is because man himself has changed. Man has changed because of Jesus. Man has changed because of the new birth. So man's understanding about God's character, about God's person, has been affected positively by his understanding of the gospel. So now we have the new birth. Now in Zion, angels minister for us. Hebrews 1 verse 14. It says, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to men who shall be heirs of salvation? Angel ministers for us. See, let me tell you. Some of you, those accidents you, you've prevented, that you've, your car just slid somewhere, angel was involved. Angel ministers for See, there are actually something called angels on assignment. Even as touching your work of ministry, angels can... See, you know, angels can order and just hasten somebody's step to come to you just so that you can preach to the person. Angels minister for you. That is why in Psalm 91, it says that um, uh, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So today now, angels are your servants. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
In Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? So it will mean that in our today, we don't worship angels. They minister for us. They are our servants. Now, somebody can say, Why do they appear in such a scary way? If you notice all true in the New Testament, when they appear to Mary, when they appear to people, one of the first words they say is, Fear not. Why? Because of their appearance, because of the way they look like. Now, and that's because they were created to minister for you. That appearance is, uh, that appearance is because of their work. Are you getting me? That is why, do you notice that bodyguards in our today's day, they are always puffed. They are always gymmed. Um, all those people, that, all those bouncers that stand in front of clubs, all those, um, they are always puffed and gy- Why? Because that's the nature of their job. How many of you noticed? Now, so if you see angel in such a big strength also, and look not in an appearing way, because some of you can have encounters and bump into them by the Spirit of God. It's, in fact, one of the things that teaching does is that you are able to receive their ministries even more. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I want you to even be conscious of, not just be, be conscious of God and not angels. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they minister for you. They walk around for your case. Do you notice that? How many of you, you've lost something before? Let's say you know this thing is, is lost and suddenly you just find it in a place you have searched. How many of you, that has, that has happened to me several times. How many of you, that has happened? Did, did you, how many of you, you prayed that, ah, you really want to find that thing? How many of you prayed that you really want to find that thing? How many of you did that? Now, what happened? Especially, let's say you have searched this table, you have searched, you now came back after a while, you said, what do you think happened? No, angels brought it there. You just did not see it. That's just God walking. Are you getting it? That has happened to me several, in fact, I have a culture, I don't, I'm not careless, I'm, I'm really not. But if I lose something, maybe any, I'm really, it's very hard for me to lose something. If I live anywhere, I'm checked up. Especially if I travel, especially when I'm not in, in the United States, when I travel, especially back to Nigeria or something. And I'm always, I don't, I don't even go out more, I don't even go out loaded. I just go out with probably my phone, my wallet, and something, and maybe my earpiece or something. So if I'm going out, I don't forget anything. But if by adventure I forget anything, there's just one prayer I pray. I just say, Lord, bring it back. I just say, angels, you do your work now. Bring it back. I need it. And I can tell you, 85 to 90% of the time, I've seen results. Because I, I learned this as a child. Even before, before I knew what I'm teaching you now, I learned this thing as a child. That uh, angels can actually bring something like that. I, I remember my mother lost something. If you can remember, my mother lost something very vital, very, very vital when we were much younger. And she said she prayed. She said, interestingly, she just found it on the table. I said, ah, wow, that's strange. Now, also, they wear angels, also wear human appearance. They come also in form of human appearance. They can come like human beings to you. I showed you in Hebrews 13 verse 1. Look at Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 verse 2. I'm just retreating myself again because I really want all of us as a local church to work and benefit from the ministry of angels. Hallelujah. I'm really going to teach about it very soon. 
because I really want of us to, to benefit from their ministry. So look at Hebrews 13 verse 2. It says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained what? Angels unaware. Some of you have changed your angels away by not being bad, by being bad to people. They say, stand up, live there. The person is trying to converse with you. This one, of, I, I said this last week or something, in the last session or something. I said, this is why I enjoy traveling the most. I just enjoy traveling. I enjoy having interactions with strangers. I enjoy it. Especially when I'm, when I'm traveling across nations or something. I just like it. Because I get to meet a lot of strangers who will just give me an information that I don't know. They just, they just tend to, I, mean, I just see them as angels in disguise. It could probably be the person you are sitting inside, sitting beside. You could just have a random conversations, and they, are, they give you something you've been looking for. A lot of people can tell you that 90% of the connections they have, they probably got it on here. Mm -hmm. True. It says, don't be, don't be forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some of you have entertained angels on our way. Why? In Hebrews, Hebrews made us Hebrews 12. Go flip back a bit to Hebrews 12. It says, look at what it says in verse, verse 22. Hebrews 12, verse 22. Just flip back a bit. It says, But ye have come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable company of what? Angels. So upon Zion today, the fact that we are born again and we are and we, are in, and we are in the new covenant, we are moving with innumerable company of angels. Innumerable company of angels means uncountable numbers of angels. So you can bump to them at any time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes you might not even be aware. Like he even told you, he says some of you bump into them unaware. It could just be something you need in the natural that you've just been craving for. Looking for. You could just meet somebody who will tell you, do this, do that. And... That's an angel. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, be, be supernaturally conscious. Are you getting me? Be supernaturally conscious about their encounters. And that's why it's also good to be good to people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be cocky. Don't have... Um, have a very friendly spirit. Are you getting me? Have a beautiful some of you can chase them some of you some of you your bad mouth has chased them away and you do not and you do not know <laughs> leave me leave me i don't want to do it i don't want to hear you know so you know see this how we you know this how we bring the gospel to people and all of them chase us away they know that we have they've chased you know the bible told us that anywhere we are we are rejected we should dust our feet you know, you know jesus told us say dust your sandals and move away and carry your blessings and your peace with you away. You know, we came to give the person good news. Bessie rejected us. We dust our feet and go. We are trying to do you a favor. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> be supernaturally conscious. Tell your neighbor, say be supernaturally conscious. Be supernaturally conscious. Be. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, one thing you must forever do as believers is that angels come to your aid. So don't be scared if you are probably traveling of accidents. No. Having prayed up, trust angels to, angels are at work. Angels are on assignment. 
Are you getting me? Sometimes, the reason why some people, sometimes, you could just be maybe in the gas station, you just delay, 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 you are just having a conversation with somebody, you are just, somebody is just delaying, and after you, why, you don't want to, why did I even get delayed like that? You could probably be, so, maybe the angel trying to pin you down to avoid something. Then after a while, you'll be wondering, who did I talk to? You Sometimes you can't even remember again. They also prevent evils. They also prevent you from evils. I could tell you stories, hundreds of stories. I've had friends who would tell me they were stranded. Probably they went to, place, to a place that they were stranded and they didn't know the way out. And an angel just picked them by hand and just said, you are trying to go to that place, right? And the person led them through the bush path and all of those things. And they came out and by the time they came out, they couldn't find the person that had their hand again. And they were having interactions with the person. His, my friend told me, he said, by the time I look back, I couldn't see the person again. Then the person wondered, ah, what's going on? What's going on? He came in human form. He would do, the angel will not come because of his nature. He knows that if he comes in that kind of nature, you will run away and you enter another problem. So they are smart too. Imagine he comes like, I am the angel. You will run. <laughs> and then you will enter another problem. So he will come as a human. So they will come like human beings. They can even wear my shape. They wear faces. They wear faces. Some of you, because you are you, that's, that's one of the reasons to honor pastors also. If you know how to receive from your pastor, sometimes they can wear the face of your pastor and come and meet you. They can even come in, a, in an encounter, probably in a revelation, and, just say, and I would, I probably I can tell you something that, that will bless your life. They wear faces. They are coming from, when I was much younger, they I believe many of the angelic visitations that came to me was my mother. My mother has a very sharp voice over me when I was younger. Once I hear her middle like this, I hear it even in the dream. <laughs> even till tomorrow, if something is going on, I hear that name. Ayomide, I believe, is an angel calling my name, not my mother. I, that's just me. Because when I was younger, she had that strong... ah. Maybe, maybe when my mother comes to this church one day, you will understand what I'm saying. <laughs> she, she had that very strong influence. If I'm... See, Joy knows something. We were traveling. We were, me and Joy were traveling. And we didn't tell her. She just called her and said, where are you? When we were almost, I think, maybe 30 minutes to get home or be something, she just said, where are you? I said, you've not called me since the past two weeks. You just called me to know where am I. Ah, ah. Which type of witchcraft is this one? <laughs> Do you get, are you getting what I'm saying? So, they're just be very... And that's because... She's not... It's not as if... She's just... She's just somebody that... You know what they call... Um, they just... They just feel something within them. And that's why I've done... Go and listen to our messages on... E-word witness... Leading of the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you, you don't... You don't know... And why am I even explaining it? You know, Abraham entertained, if you look at the scriptures in Genesis, Abraham entertained about three of them. He cooked for them, he did all of those things for them, and he couldn't find them again. So, be very good to people. Be very friendly with people. Be very. Don't have, like I said the last time, don't have this American culture of trying to keep to yourself. You are in a public space, you are, you are putting on an earpiece. You are losing out a whole lot. Are you getting what I'm saying? You See, let me tell you, I don't know about you, but me, I need help. 
I need help. I need help from human beings. There are a lot of... I have a million and one things I'm trusting God for. I don't know about you, so I don't have everything all figured out. And let me tell you, how God meets our needs is true men. That's your prayer point. That thing you are trying to trust God for. Oh, okay, I'm trusting God for this. I'm trusting God for this. It can happen just via a meeting with a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? So be very supernatural conscious. Some of you have met them and your bad mouth has chased them away. Some of you have met them and because you are not friendly, they too, they carry their blessing and they go. <laughs> I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Somebody is trying to have interaction. The person does not want your money. He does not want you anything. He's trying to have an interaction with you. You say, you're too busy, you're too busy. They carry their bag and go. You did not welcome them. And that's why a church has to be taught. And that's why I'm saying, in fact, this is not part of my sermon, but I just... Since, since we've been talking about it in the last two, three sessions, I just thought to still retreat it again. So that you are super... I don't want us to miss out on what God is doing. See, let me tell you. Prayers don't answer, go and get answered in heaven. They get answered with men around you. Are you getting me? How you will get that next thing you are looking for is through a man. Somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Connection is everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? Connection is... So, you, but you need to be what? Supernaturally conscious. And that's why, you, that's why it's good to come to church because you hear things like this and it helps you reset your brain. It helps you get, it helps you get more, more inclined into your relationship with people. And I've already told you, how to, I taught you how to keep the devil far away from you. Go and listen to it again. You obviously know people that can't be angels. <laughs> so don't 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 be don't be deceived. Don't go and say ah, ah because I want to be friendly with people. I want to be friendly. You're not gonna get over friendly with the devil. <laughs> Are you getting what? Go and listen to how to keep the devil far away from you again. Are you getting what I'm saying? So be very supernatural conscious. Be very, be very. They wear faces. They wear. Do you, you see? You could have friends just because you love your friend. Let's say like in your dinner, both of you are friends or something. They could wear the face of in your day and do something to you and your day self doesn't even know. They are asking you, ah, you gave me this. You, that thing has happened to me before in such a way that I was asking a friend. I said, ah, but you did this. I can't remember. I said, ah, I now had to say, I now had to check told the person. He said, I can't remember. When did I do it? Me, I just remember. Me, I just, oh, probably use your face to do something for me. Are you getting what I'm saying? They could wear faces. They, they do. It's not even they could. They do. That's why I told us in Hebrews 13 verse 2, two here, it says, do not, read it again, it says, do not be forgetful to entertain strangers. That word entertain is like being friendly, being hospitable. So you must have an hospitable spirit as a Christian. Say, I have an hospitable spirit. You're not saying it like you mean it. You must have an hospitable spirit. One of the characteristics of being a Christian is that a Christian is friendly. You must be hospitable. You must know how to have conversations with people. You must know how to, you must know how to be nice and good to people. You must. If you are listening to, is it working on water or casting your cares? I told you a story of how I didn't want to pay for transport fare. I don't know if you have listened to that. To that story. Is it working on water? I said that's the... 
working on water. I told you, I, said, I told you a story of how I didn't want to pay for 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 my transport fare when I was much younger, when I was in high school. I just heard something like I'm teaching you like this, and I decided to act on it. I don't know where I heard it from, and I decided to act on it. And I said, and I said, all the money I'm going to spend this week, I'm going to give it for to a ministry. And all the money I'm supposed to spend on transport fare, I'm going to use it for ministry. And I'm going to trust God that God will take me home throughout this week. And I prayed. And I set out. The very first day, I stood. I, I kid you not, I never knew there was an house at my back. I was under the tree. If I even knew, I would have been more happy that at least the people in this house would know. And they called me in. Do you know till tomorrow, I still I can't find them again. They called me in, they cooked for me, they gave me my, one of my best food, yam and egg. They gave me yam, gave me egg. Ah, ah. I was like, wow. And they gave me my transport fare. In fact, my mother wanted to go back and greet them and tell them, okay, this is what happened. Thank you, this and that. We couldn't find them again. The next Monday, it happened Monday, another encounter happened Tuesday, another encounter happened Wednesday, another encounter happened Thursday, another encounter happened Friday. No, nobody can tell me that that was not. How how do people want to connect together? How many people I even know in that in that area that five five strangers will suddenly meet me and give me and and help me out that week? Are you see? I told you another story last week. I said when I was much younger, me and Favor we were we were much younger than this. This was 2004, 2004, 2003, We were very much younger, and kidnapper came to our house. And you know that time back in Nigeria, it was it was gloomy times. Kidnapper came to our house those period. I wanted to kidnap, but we saw them. We we saw we saw them. They, they, they said they are they said they are they are my mother's mother. And my mother told us that <laughs> our mother can never enter this kind of house because our mother is very old. In fact, I think the mother has even died. So we are now wondering, ah, my mother. And you know that time there is no even phone. It's not like now where you can quickly send a WhatsApp and say, quickly respond, quickly respond. There was no phone that time. Phone just came to Nigeria 2003, 2002, GSM. So it was still, phone was still a very scarce commodity then. Now, they were on the fence because we didn't allow them in inside. They were on the fence and they were supposed, you know, the beauty about it is they were supposed to jump in. If they were smart kidnappers, I wouldn't say they were smart. They were able to jump in and not jump out. Somebody just pressed the on and they peep, 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 tomorrow we don't know the person. And that was how we were saved. They were just peep, just pressed the on of his car and they jumped back. And since then we couldn't find them again. Till tomorrow we still don't know who. If I, me and my mother, we had to discuss this a couple of months ago that, ha, that nobody can tell me that that's not God. She said she would have lost two children just at once. Because she was not at home. So that's angels for you. Are you seeing it? So how many of you, you you've been in a car before, maybe you're driving, and it's as though you narrowly escaped. You just like if you just be wondering, ah, your car swept that the thing happened. And it's not as if you swerve your car, you just find your hand in that place. However, that has happened to you. It has happened to be a million at one time. I sometimes I just I just get used to it, like oh, <laughs> it's dangerous at work. Because this, there was even one that happened to me one time. I said, ah, 
I would have been gone. I don't know who I was driving with. It probably, maybe it's Chamakawa. I don't know who exactly I was driving with. And I just said, ah, no, this one, my, my, eh? It was you? Eh? You and Tony? Yes. The Chamaka is always having those experiences. That one is, that one, she's really used to it. <laughs> so, and you see all of those swerving, all those things. I just, I, that, that one, I don't need, ah, no. This one, angels were at work. And yeah, it was the three of us, me, you, and Tony that was there that day. And we just knew, ah, nobody could have said anything less. This is God. Are you getting me? So they prevent, they, the, the Bible says in, in look, at, go, back to, go to that Psalm 91. This is not my teaching. I'm still going to do a series on this. When I mean series, trust me, I mean series. I'm going to do a series where I would properly explain all of these experiences. Then we'll walk through the scriptures. Because now I'm just saying, I'm just saying story. So now we align all the stories back to God's word. <laughs> Look at Psalm 91. I'm sure you read it when you were younger. You just probably did not pay attention to what you were reading. For some of you that were Christians, not... <laughs> Not those of you that went to read Kill. <laughs> Would I read Kill? Noah. Noah, did you read Kill? Kill? What do, you don't know what they call Kill? So what do they call it in your time? Yeah, I think you need to explain to, to him. <laughs> where you are your so where I came from, they call it Kill. <laughs> I'll just check. <laughs> Alright, look at it. Psalm 91 verse. 11. Let's start from verse 10. It says, There shall be no evil before thee, neither shall any play come near thy dwelling. Look at what it now says in verse 11. For he shall do what? Let's read it. One, two, ready, go. So he just charge over thee. Verse 12. Bear thee up a foot against a stone. That's God's work. Are you saying it? Supernatural. So be very open to their ministry. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be very open. Be very open. Be very open. Like I told you again, have an hospitable spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Have a very hospitable spirit. Don't, don't lose encounters and be, and be wishing that, ah, I die noon, I die noon. Are you getting what I'm saying? And never despise people. Don't say because he dressed in a tatar clothes, he, could not, he can't bless me. No. Never do that. Don't say because it doesn't come with a good Polish speech. He can't bless me. Don't do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be very supernatural conscious. Tell your neighbor again. Say I'm supernatural conscious. I'm supernaturally conscious. That's good. So are you, do you understand their ministry? But in the Old Testament, it was not like that too. <laughs> the Old Testament, they were working with flames and fire. And killing. If you don't say, if you don't say, if you don't say, um, everybody, you you came you came late to service today. If you came late to service today, stand up and people like Fivona that came one minute late to service today, we just say, all right, angel of the Lord, fire, <laughs> and that's all. That's what Elijah was doing. If I be a man of God. Let fire fall. And the angel has to respond. It has to. 
That's why you will notice they say, according to the word of Elijah. Ah, yeah. That's to let you know as believers, according to your word, things happen. I've always taught you. Go and listen to walking on water. Go and listen to casting your cares. Go and listen to the God. Is, it God, is that what we titled it? The faith of God. Go and listen to um, all those messages. I've always taught you the use of your words. Your words respond to the power of God or it responds to demons. Is that true? So if you keep saying you will never make it, that's what you will have. You can, I, I taught you you can have what you say. Go listen to it. If we keep saying, oh, I will fail, that's what you will have. It will, they will, it, demons will respond to that one. Are you seeing it? Elijah, they responded according to his word. Gideon, according to his word. Are you seeing it? Moses, according to his word. So how was Moses able to parry out all the operations? I call it operations. <laughs> he did according to his word. So be very conscious of what you are saying. Rather than say, oh, I'm stranded, why not say, help comes my way? Glory to God. Yes. God. Say, help comes my way. I am never stranded. I'm never disadvantaged. So you don't leave this, you don't just say it in service. You don't get home now and say, something now happens. You know, say, ah, almost is finished. That's, that's what you have. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't, don't say that. He's speaking right words is not for service alone. You know, we are, in the, we are in the atmosphere of a spiritual atmosphere. So everywhere is charged. You are feeling, oh, glory to God, glory to God. You know? But it is when you get home that the real glory to God has to really happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So use your right words. So they responded to the words of Elijah. So it was not God's operation. Do you get it? So can we safely say now in this service that God does not destroy? How many of you agree now? Let me see your hands. That's good. So, God does not destroy. What was happening was that angels were carrying out activities that they were being told. Does it make sense? So, it was like saying there was an angel assigned and it's like saying, key people, do it. Do this, they do it. That, are you seeing it? It was like they were acting based on what they were told to do. So, we're looking at something back to, back to what we were, we were saying. Who made Moses the mediator? That is, God never intended that Moses would be a mediator. And I explained to you that God never intended. Look at in Exodus 20, 20 verse 19. Exodus 20 verse 19. Exodus 20 verse 19. So God never intended that Moses would be a mediator. And you know, we still do that thing. Look at Exodus 20 verse 19. It says, And they said to Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. So, who made Moses the mediator now? The people. So, the Jews made Moses their mediator. So, Moses was appointed by men. He wasn't appointed by God. He was a man-appointed mediator, not God. So, God never appointed Moses as his mediator. He never. He never gave the law. The law was given by Moses and not God. So, and we still do that today in such a way that I, I want to debunk something to you. Just like all these prayer requests. I don't know if you have done those things before where you say, submit your prayer request and you write your prayer point down. You've done it before? Everybody, see, <laughs> let me tell you. 
<laughs> Let me shock you. God does not read what you are writing there. Let me say it again. <laughs> he does not read what you have written in that paper. How he told us to communicate to him is to speak, not to write. Are you getting what I'm saying? He says we should speak. Use your voice to pray. How do you pray? You don't pray with writing. Father, financial breakthrough. Father, that I have A's in my SAT exam. Hey, that I come, that I have a first class. You write everything down. Then the man of God will pile it up on the table. Then stretch his hand and say, Lord, Lord, Lord. That's the mediator. <laughs> you have made him a mediator. You are doing exactly what Moses has done. Are you getting what I'm saying? Guys, are you, are you, are you getting it? So you can communicate with God. You can. I don't expect that after service now, you write a prayer request and say, Pastor, let me pray about it. What happened to your mouth? I'm also praying my own. We are praying together. That's why in church like this, I'm at the back. As the person is leading prayer, I'm also praying. There is no... When it comes to prayer, some of you know, we enter the bush together and we all pray together. Abby? Yeah. We pray together. It's not as if I'm, I'm in one chamber somewhere. <laughs> And approaching God on your behalf. Yes, I pray for you, but I'm not, I'm not trying to approach God on your behalf. That's why we've done series of series of teaching in prayer. We've done fervency in prayer. Abby, I remember after we finished studying fervency in prayer. I think that was in 2020 or 2021. I don't know if I listened to fervency in prayer. Uh, we, we, after we finished fervency in prayer, we all huffed our shoe, right? I remember that day we offed our shoe. Those of you that had wig, you offed your wig. And we did what? We, we cried and prayed that day. I will never forget that day. Because I taught you how you can scream in prayer. Abby, was that what I explained that day? Eh, I, also, I also taught you why we pray aloud. You should listen to that one too. We all, we pray together. Our voice, we go together. There is no... I've taught you this year, I taught you a prayer, the culture of prayer and evangelism. And I told you before you lead prayer in this, before you, the way we are entering in this church is such that before you come and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, hi, love you. That was like four hours of prayer. <laughs> so, with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that's about 10. <laughs> <laughs> So before you, before you leave just one song, <laughs> you will have coughed your entire life in prayer. So those of you that is going to join our music team much later on, are getting ready. Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. So if you now want to do, oh, oh, that, oh, oh, that's like three hours already. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, so you have to you have to prepare your oh, that one like that is ten that's like <laughs> ten hours prayer already so <laughs> you, you have to pray are you getting what I'm saying so they made Moses their mediator so it's like laziness a man of God just be following what and, and a lot of people it's just like if a pastor start flowing too much in Revelation give today I was listening to a prophet a preacher he said. So we will just come to him and test and say, Papa, 
they just come to you and say, Papa, you know my name, so tell me. Ah, <laughs> God said, I don't even know you for mother. He said, You are trying to hurt Ombu. He said, They will not tell him, You are trying to hurt Ombu. Papa, tell me my name and tell me my problem. Ah, he said, Why not let us not stress God? Why not you tell me the problem so that I can know how to pray? He said, No, Papa, you are a prophet. Tell me what I am going through. <laughs> And that's laziness. So, and that's what, that happens subconsciously in your head. And that's why many a times, I allow you people flow with the things of the Spirit yourself. So that you will not come to say, Pastor knows it. Pastor, just tell us. Just flow with us. That's why most of the time I say, give yourself all trust. Give, your, give yourself. I'll not be watching you like this. I'll be praying in tongues. Okay. So that, because if I do it so much, I remember when I was much younger, I used to be the superstar. So I'll just come to service like this, gather everybody and say, you, there's something going on with you, this and that, that, that. ah. Favor was there that day. When, when it started, I was like, every, I couldn't work properly again. My, my working step even had to change, unconsciously, because I became the God of man. He's not man of God, not the God of man. Yeah. <laughs> ah, everybody was looking at me like, ah, ah, prophetic, prophetic seer. Major one. <laughs> you know, then the next service, whether God led me or God did not lead me, I wanted to prophesy again. Because <laughs> that glory of last Sunday must not die. So, if, if, interestingly, I did not get it right the next Sunday. I saw one person say, no, it did not happen. I said, ah, are you sure? Ah, you want to disgrace the man of God? <laughs> So you don't, you know, you don't do things like that. So you, some of some, some people will say, uh, and, and, and it's, we we now live in a world where people do this thing where they do um, online prayer. The power of God is sitting on a chair, and everybody's just is praying. Everybody's just shouting, "Amen, Amen, 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 Amen." You know, you have not prayed. Oh, you don't know. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, you. But you know, you are just shouting, Amen. He's the one praying, though. You did not pray. And you know, some people say morning devotion, done and dusted. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people on, on their WhatsApp status. They joined some morning prayer. Some people that used to send that broadcast to me. I, I, I want one. I say, if you try this again in your life. You know, the 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 just the man of God just say this day, today is a day of breakthrough. Amen. You have still not prayed though. All you just did is shout, Amen. They only prayed for you. You did not pray. So don't assume you prayed. Today is the day of your breakthrough. Amen. Go and pray. After you finish saying the Amen, go and pray. Don't leave the man of God and say this and that. That's why Jesus taught his disciples came to him and said, Master, teach us how to pray. They could have said, Jesus, don't be pray for us. They saw that, ah, what's going on? They said, Master, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, when you want to pray, you say, you don't write. You don't start submitting prayer requests and say, and they, they are not gathering um, pies and everything is now filling the table and everybody is feeling God is working in our ministry. Yes, he, he's working, but you are making believers see you as a mediator. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what you are doing. 
That's why in our church, we make sure that everybody is praying. Everybody. I am, that three hours prayer chain, I'm doing my own. In fact, I'm even doing more. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody is praying. Everybody has a look. If you look at the book of Acts, in the four Gospels, it, it looks as though Jesus was praying. But in the book of Acts, what happened? In Acts 2, verse 42 to 44, it says they continued daily in the breaking of bread, in fellowship, and in prayers. So they were praying together. So there was not as if Peter was the only one staying inside one's inner chambers, praying and coming out. All of them were praying together. So those people made Moses their mediator. So it's as though, so they could, all of them could actually be hearing from God. So, but they said, don't speak to us. So. Don't let God speak to us. So. You, Moses, speak to us. And that's what a lot of, a lot of Christians still do today. Honor is key. Honor men, honor this, but don't see people as your mediator to God. In, in 1 Timothy verse 2 to 5, 1 Timothy 2 to 5, it says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 8 verse 6, Hebrews 8 verse 6, Hebrews 8 verse 6 says, But now, at obtained a more excellent ministry, how by much also ye are a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon a better promises. Hebrews 9 verse 15. And for this cause is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of transgression, that we are under the First Testament, that they might receive the promise of what? In Thana Yerithans. Hebrews 12 verse 24. Hebrews 12 verse 24. It says, And Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling, the blood that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So, we, we now have access to the Father. Say, I have access to the Father. We did a teaching, you could listen to it in Basis of Christianity, our fellowship, our fellowship with the Father. The Christian has a relationship with the Father. He has a sonship identity with the Father. So the question will now be, was the law added because man sinned or sin added the law? In Galatians 3 verse 19, Galatians 3 verse 19, let's go there. Are you, are you enjoying this? Galatians 3 verse 19. It's wherefore they served the law. It was added because of transgression. Till the seed should come. Whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels. In the hands of the mediator. Verse 20. It says now a mediator is not a mediator of one. But God is one. So the question would be, was the law added because man sinned or sin added the law? Look at in Romans 5 verse 12. Was the law added because man sinned or sin added the law? Remember, we're on a journey. And that journey was to look at why did Moses offer them something different? How many of you remember that journey? We're on that journey that why did Moses offer them something different? But before we get to that, let's look at some crucial thing. Was the law added because man sinned or sin added the law? Look at Romans 5 verse 12. 
He says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, I did a lot of explanation or did in did we sin in Adam. I don't know if you have listened to the did sin in Adam. I wonder if you understood the message. It, I'm sure it brought a lot of questions. I wonder if you have a lot of questions on that message. I wonder if you, let me see, you have a lot of questions on it. Do we anticipate? Anticipate for a clearer version soon. It says, For whoever was by one man, Romans 5, verse 12, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and also death passed upon all men that have sinned. It now says, Moreover, the law entered, and that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That word enter in verse 12 there is from the word erishkomai, E-I-S-E-R-C-H-O-M-A-L. While, it says, sin entered into the world. And that word, uh, and in verse 20, look at in verse 20, that word entered. Where it says in verse 20, it says the Lord entered. In verse 20, it says, moreover, the law entered. That word enter in verse, in verse 20 there is, there is para erishkomai. It's just like para erishkomai there. It means para. Para means, who can who know what para means in the Greek? To come, to come in alongside. Yeah. Erishkomai means to come into where you have not been before. So when he says sin entered, it simply means sin took a place, sin entered into a place where it has not, where, where something has not been before. To come into where you have not been before. In other words, the reason for the law was sin. So why did Moses give the law? We can simply say because of sin. So it was sin that bettered the law. And I told you the law of Moses is about 630 laws. And it was like all those, if you don't have a balcony, this and that. In fact, that's where people even got that fallacy. I won't call it a fallacy. That doctrine. You know some people, there are some women who don't wear trousers. Because the, they, they quote the Torah where the Bible says, don't wear what belongs to a man and what belongs to a woman. That's part of the law of Moses. Though. So, but why was that law given? It was given because of unbelief. So, the reason for the law is safely unbelief 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 now and the word transgression there where it says um after andas transgression i wonder if you remember that in the dwissing in other parabasis is all if you cannot remember if it is it shawarma uh, mcdonald okay parabasis it implies to break away to break up from so when it says um i've not seen that the similitude of Adam's transgression it simply means break away transgression means break away or break up from so i use it that the more you keep studies the more you will find out that the way you look at english is different from the way it was written in the greek i don't know if you have seen that already that you really need to do concise study so that's why i started and i told you that bible study is a diligent study it's not just um a lazy approach and that word was found um, that word in transgression was found in Romans 4 verse 15. Our transgression, we can see, it was used in the following text in Romans 4 15 where it says, Because the law walketh rot, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. In Hebrews 2 verse 2 also it says, For if the words angels, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression received a just recompense of reward. It was used there. It was also used in one more place 
in Hebrews. Hebrews 9 verse 15. I think, yeah. Hebrews 9 verse 15, he says, For this cause is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of transgression, that were under the First Testament and the work, and they might receive the promise of internal inheritance. So it was used there. So in those three instances, the author spoke concerning the law. Now other instances put this down, Romans 5 verse 14. And sin in context was described as transgression, yet the law was not given at that time. You could also see um, 1 Timothy 2 verse 14. And Adam was not deceived, the woman being deceived was in transgression. So remember I told you that the word transgression is from the Greek word parabasis and it implies to break away or to break off from. So the question would be, if there was no law, what then was transgression? What are they breaking away from if there was no law? Look at Titus 1 verse 1. Titus 1 verse 1. So are, are you seeing a trend? Now I'm trying to answer questions that could actually come up in your mind so that you would not ask me. By saying, okay, pastor, um, why did you say the law was given? So why was the law given if there was no transgression? Well, okay, if there was no transgression, if there was no law, what there was transgression? Since I told you that transgression now means to break away or to break off from. So what are they breaking away from? What are they breaking off from when there was no actually law? I mean, if you have seen that. All right. So look at Titus 1 verse 1. I mean, if you see that Bible study is diligent. This, yeah, that you have to be painstaking. Titus 1 verse 1, it says, Paul is servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of internal life, which God cannot lie, promised before the word began. Thus, the transgression was the promise. So, we can safely say, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the word began. So now let me tell you, the transgression was the promise. That is the internal life. So we can safely say the law was added because of the transgression of the promise. The breakaway of the promise. I don't know if you are seeing it. Now look at Galatians. Let's go back to Galatians 3. We are tracing why was the law added. Before we started tracing where was the law added, we are tracing why did Moses do what he did, Right? Why did Moses have to use fire, do all of those, give them the law, all of those things? Look at Galatians 3 verse 19. It will make sense. I know it's looking rough now, but it will make sense soon. Look at Galatians 3 verse 19. So just hang in there. Galatians 3 verse 19. It says, wherefore serveth the law, it was added because of transgression. And remember I told you, that the transgression was what? Transgression means break away. Now, according to Titus 1.1, how did I explain? I said the transgression was the promise, right? So can we safely say those people, the law was given because they broke away from the promise. And what's the promise? Internal life, right? The promise would be the law of life, right? I don't know if you get it. Okay, let me explain it again. It's like some of you do not get it. Now, I explained to you that transgression means parabasis, right? And I told you, I said, if there was no law, what then was the transgression? What is the remaining meaning of the transgression? What did they transgress from? What did they break away from, right? And I explained to you in Titus 1 verse 1, I said, the real promise, they were promised internal life, they were promised 
goodness, joy. I remember I walked you through Moses, the goodness that Moses really even understood. Remember, I walked you through that, and you can listen to show me your glory also, that Moses actually understood the character of God. Moses understood that God was good, God's graciousness. I don't know if you remember that in the last episode. I say episode. In the last session. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, so, the promise was, uh, I said the promise now, what was promised to them will safely be in final life. Remember, Titus 1 verse 1 says, God cannot even lie. He promised before the world began. So that means there has already been something that was already given for them to walk in. But they broke away from it. Right? Can we safely say they transgressed from that promise? Remember I said promise, transgression is parabasis. Right? Break away from, right? Hey, guys. Alright. So now, look at in this Galatians 3 verse 19. It says, wherefore then, serve the law, it was added because of transgression. Now, what did they transgress from? They transgressed from the promise, right? I will just say the promise. Let's use the word the promise. What's the promise? Internal life. Can you see that? Okay. So, in other words, the law was added because of the transgression of the promise. So, God gave them the promise. They rejected hearing God directly. Remember, they were the one who said in Exodus 20 verse 19, that don't let God speak to us lest we die. But let you, Moses, speak to us. I mean, if you remember that scripture in Exodus 20, verse 19 that we just read. Now, so God gave them a promise. God wanted to speak to them directly. And they chose to hear Moses. It's just like today's day when we are preaching the gospel. We tell people God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants you to know him. God wants you to understand and walk in your right and benefit in, in Christ. But many people today, they are still swarmed. In so many false religions of so many false beliefs. So, God gave them the promise and they rejected hearing God directly. And they chose to hear Moses. They wanted Moses to hear God on their behalf. So, God's presence was given to them and they said he was going to kill them. It means God came to them and he was going... Why did he not kill Moses? I don't know if you are, not, I don't know if you are thinking... Why, did, why could Moses be the only one to enter the presence and Moses did not die? And yet, they were scared. We could safely say God's, God's presence came to them and they rejected God's presence. Because did he kill Moses? No. God's presence didn't kill Moses. So God offered them life and they called it death. So it was their own belief their rejection of God's promise, their unregenerated nature that appointed Moses as the mediator. That's why in Exodus 32 verse 9, look at Exodus 32 verse 9. Look at Exodus 32 verse 9. I want you to be fast. Exodus 32 verse 9. Look at what Moses said. Or the Lord said to Moses. Look at what the Lord said to Moses. Exodus 32 verse 9. Are you there? Let's read it together. Let's do the same thing. One, two, ready, go. And the Lord said to Moses, uh -huh. It's a stiff-necked people. They rejected me. So the children of Israel rejected God. Are you seeing it now? 
the children of Israel actually rejected God. They chose to hear Moses instead of God. They, they were giving life. They called it death. The presence of God came to them. They said, this is the presence of death. That, ah, it will kill us. Let's go kill them. So why did he not kill Moses? At least, if it will kill somebody. why? Did, at least, somebody should have even repented when Moses went and said, and entered the presence. Abi? Someone should have even said, oh, sorry, he didn't even kill Moses. But they were not, they didn't, they didn't care. And that's the, that's the nature that a lot of people live in today. You find churchgoers today, they just don't care again. They don't want to go to church. Why? They say they are doing online church. What's that? How do you fellowship with people online? How do you do that? You are on your toilet seat and you say you are listening to a sermon. That's not fellowship. You are lying down on your bed and you say you are plugging to listening to a sermon. Online. When you're supposed to be there physically. Are you seeing that you are not too far from what these guys are doing? Moses was... Look, it's, it's like I'm reading it too much. Go to that Exodus 20 again. Let me show you myself. Exodus 20. See, in verse 19, it says, And they said to Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let no God speak with us. Can you safely say they rejected God? Lest we die. Ah, Moses now told them. Look at Moses. He said, Moses said unto his people, Fear not now. God is not come to prove you. In verse 21, it says, These people stood afar off, and Moses drew near to it, and where the thick darkness was, where God was. You know, if it was a wise person, they could easily have said, ah, Moses entered now, nothing happened to Moses. Let us go back. Let us quickly follow Moses. But nobody did. Out of almost how many millions of people, Israel had it to be that way. They were about 3 million. They were not, don't, don't see them as two people. About 3 million people. But look at God's plan in Exodus 19, verse 6. Look at God's plan. So, to tell you what they rejected. in God's, So, you know this Exodus 20 now. A chapter before, look at what God's plan was. In Exodus 19, verse 6. Go to Exodus 19, verse 6. Just flip your Bible, your, 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 your page backward. Are you there now? Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Do you notice this is what Peter quoted when he says, and um, a peculiar people, a holy nation. Are you seeing it? He says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. What does kingdom of priests mean? What was the work of the priest? The work of the priest was to go before God and offer sacrifices. So, God's plan was that all of them will be that kingdom of priests. That's why upon the new creation today, you and I can say we are holy people. We are a peculiar people, just like what Peter told us. We are a peculiar people. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Where did you think Peter got that statement from? From this Exodus 19 verse 6. Because that was God's plan. So when you are speaking in tongues today, and ministering to the Lord and praying, you are acting on God's plan. Are you seeing it? Before, it could only be just the early high priest. That, you know, there are churches where... The pastor is speaking in tongues and the members are saying amen. 
I'm not joking, no. The pastor is communicating, and you know, we thought we said in tongues beyond the day of Pentecost that when you communicate to God in tongues, you are speaking to holy God, all right? That no man is your audience. Some churches today, the man of God says, Shalev and the people say, Amen. Amen. I'm not joking. I'm, I swear. I'm not joking. I've watched those things online. Are you seeing that? They are not too far fetched from Moses and his people. Look at the student. He says, in that advice, he says, now look at it. He says, These are the words that thou shalt speak unto the what? The children of Israel. And in the next chapter, what happened? They say, What? We want to hear only Moses. So can we say they rejected God's promise for their life? I don't know if you see it now. If it, see, if it makes sense, let me see your hand. Cool. So can you say, so what is God's, so can you see, now, if you, if you do not even read far, can you safely even see God's plan for the new creation there? That the new creation has actually even been from Genesis. That God wants all his people to be priests. That is, everybody can have access to him. A holy nation. He wants everybody holy. A pecu- are you see how why Peter could safely say, "You are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people." Are you see that you should show forth the priests of Him that has called you? Are you seeing it into His marvelous light? Now that was God's plan to have all of them as kingdom of priests, but they rejected God's word. Look at see now. This is Exodus twenty. Now in Exodus twenty, they rejected God. Now Abi. Right, guys, Exodus 20, they related God in God's plan was in Exodus 19. Right now, look at in Exodus 28. Exodus 28. I did this teaching in Moses and the book of Exodus. Favor and in Yadi will remember, right? I did it. This was about two, three years ago now. Look at Exodus 28, verse 1. Look at, let's read together. One, two, ready, go. You're not reading one to ready go. And his sons with him. Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer. Now, do you see what is happening? They now selected a few people to be what? Was that God's plan? Few people are now priests. They are now the ones who can talk to God on their behalf. Because it was their rejection. Unbelief made Moses their mediator. They were described as a stiff-necked people. Forward generation. Children in whom they were there's no faith. A very faithless generation. Look at Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. Are you there? It says, It says, But Jerush, Jeshurun, waxed fat and kicked, and that was a waxing fat that thou hast grown thick, and thou hast covered with fatness. Then he did what? He forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. He forsook God. Verse 20, he says, And he said, I will hide my face from them, 
and I will see what their end shall be, for they are what? For they are what? A forward generation, a very forward generation, children in whom no faith. Wow. A faithless generation. <laughs> they did not, did not believe. And they were like a mil- t- 3 million people historically. Do you know what it means for 3 million people to perish? Even Rochester is not up to 3 million. Rochester is about 202,000 people. 201 or 201, 201 or 202,000 people, estimately. We are not even up to that crowd. So we can simply say the whole of New York was following Moses and all of them perished. <laughs> Children in whom there is no faith. The Jews forsook God, the rock of their salvation. That statement, Children in whom there is no faith, means faithless. This explains why Moses gave the law. The way a forward generation implies a generation that goes off. So the question we mean, no faith in what? Another question that can come to your mind will be, what are they having no faith in? Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4. No faith in what? Now look at how Paul will explain it in 1 Corinthians 10. No faith in what or in whom? Because if you say, in children in whom there is no faith. Okay, no faith in what? Are you seeing it? I'm trying to answer all your questions in this message. Look at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. He says, they did drink. I'll wait for you. Are you there now? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. It says, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, and they drank of the same spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. He said, look at verse 5. Look at what Paul said. He said, but with many of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things are example to the infant that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Are you seeing it? They lusted after evil things. They are examples. Look at what he now said in verse 7. He says, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. He says, Neither, neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three, three and twenty thousand. He says, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Look at in verse 4. It says, the rock was Christ. In verse 9, it says, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them were tempted. Mm. It will make sense in a minute. Let's go back to that Titus 1, verse 1 to 2 that we read before. That Titus. Titus is after Timothy. Look at, look at Titus 1, verse 1 to 2. It says, Paul. Are, are you there? We have to learn to put scriptures very fast. <laughs> You have to. Alright, look at Titus 1 verse. It says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Two, in hope of internal life, which God cannot lie, promised before the world began. Now, look at the book of Romans. So, God has promised something before the world began. Now, look at Romans 1 verse 1 to 3. 
too many, Reverend Kingsley will say, too many scriptures. Good for you. <laughs> I miss Reverend Kingsley. All right, look at Romans 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he has promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord which was made the seed of David according to the flesh, and he has declared him to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by resurrection of the dead. So the promise of God in the scripture is what? Verse 3, verse 3, verse 3. The promise of God in the scripture is what? Concerning the Son, Jesus Christ. So their unbelief was unbelief in Christ. That was why Moses was telling them in Deuteronomy 32, when he was giving them the law. But let, before Deuteronomy 32, let's look at Deuteronomy 31, verse 24. The promise was, was Christ Jesus. So Christ has always been the message of the scripture. That's why John 5, verse 9 will tell you, search the scriptures, but then you think you have life, but then you think you have eternal life, but they are the which testify of me. Look at Deuteronomy 31, verse 24 to 27. It says, and it came to pass when Moses has made an end of the writing, the words of the laws, until they were finished. Verse 25. And Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark of covenant of the law, saying, Take this book of the law and put it on the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be a witness against thee. Look at verse 27. Very key. Everybody, let's read it. I meet you this day. Yeah, be rebellious against the So Moses gave them a law. He wrote Deuteronomy is second law, Deuteros Nomos in the Hebrew. Second law. He wrote another law so that by the time he died, they have something to follow. Because even when they were alive, <laughs> he said they were rebellious. He said, imagine how Christ. <laughs> what a life. I know some of you God, are still like that. Some of you, you are still behaving strange. What of where pastor is now around? The pastor did not say, okay, some of you are even coming to church because pastor is around. What if pastor is doing in church? You will not have come again. You see? <laughs> are you see that we are taking some of their patterns? You see, see, very soon I will teach you one thing that you cannot really blame Moses for what he did do. You, if you were in his shoe, you would have done worse. When he said he was the meekest man on earth, he meant it too. <laughs> if you were in his shoe, somebody offend you, did all of those things, oh, you will not just command fire, you will command brimstone. <laughs> Look at Exodus 32, verse, uh, sorry, 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 32, sorry, let's go to the flip back. Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. Let's read it together. One to ready go. Was fat. So he lightly esteemed the road of his salvation. In verse 20, now says, And he said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end shall be. And they shall be a forward generation. Children in him, no faith. So God never gave the law. Neither did God appoint Moses as a mediator. He never. He never gave the law. 
neither did they appoint Moses as a mediator. Nope. In, Ma in Matthew 19, verse 3, Matthew 19, verse 3, Matthew 19, verse 3, you're going to love this. We, we just, we just get it started and get it started to get ended. <laughs> so you're going to love this. Matthew 19, verse 3, he says, The Pharisees also came unto him, the tempting him, and saying, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Verse 4 now says, And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that that which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Verse 5, For he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they, shall be, and they twin shall be flesh. Verse 6, He now says, Wherefore they are no more twin but one flesh, but therefore God has joined together. Let no man put on his asunder. Verse 7, then I said unto you. So, now, look at what happened. In verse 4, this God, verse 4 to 6, they saw God's plan. In verse 7, then I said, ah, so why did Moses then now give them a writing of divorcement to put their wife away? Look at verse 8. Look at Jesus' response. Remember, I told you that Jesus would not do evil, right? He will not, if he was the one behind those things, he will endorse it. But look at it, verse 8, he now said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. You know, he, he was talking, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. <laughs> Suffered that you put your wives away. But from what? The beginning, it was not so. So, we can even say divorce is still not of God till today. God never authored it. When Moses was tired and said, this is that. He just said, whoa. When, Moses, when they kept coming to Moses, I said, this wife is giving me a problem. This person is giving me a problem. This is, divorce, 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 divorce. Just leave yourself alone. <laughs> but from the beginning, it was not so. Are you seeing that God never gave the law? Look at Hebrews 43, verse 14 to 17. In the future, I'm going to teach you how to study the law very well. Because why is it not in the Bible if God never gave it? That's another question, but not now. Not now. It was still verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we then behold, if we then hold the beginning of our confidence. Hebrews 3 verse 14. Verse 15. While he said, while he said, today, if you will hear his voice, adding not your heart, adding not your heart, as in the day of provocation, he now says, um, adding not your heart as in the day of provocation, um, for some, when they heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. So the writer is making reference to what happened in, in, in uh, Moses. Then he now says, but with whom we was grieved forty years, was he not with them and seen whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Verse 18, and to whom swear that he they should not enter into his rest, but them that believe not. Verse 19 says, So we see that they could not enter into they could not enter in because of unbelief. Verse chapter 4, verse 1 it says, Let us therefore fear 
lest a promise being left for us. Are you seeing the word promise now? Being left for us, enter into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 2, very key. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word being preached did not profit them, being mixed with faith with them that heard it. Are you seeing it? So the rejection was the rejection of the gospel. It was rejection of the gospel. So they rejected the gospel. Those guys in the wilderness which Moses rejected the gospel. The Theonomy 30 verse 11 to 15. Let's go to the Theonomy 30 verse 11 to 15. Let me tell you what was the gospel that they rejected. What was the gospel that was preached to them? The Theonomy 30 verse 11 to 15. Are you enjoying this? Brethren, men and brethren, are you? Nobody is talking. All right. The Deuteronomy 30 verse 11. It is for this is the commandment which I command you this day. It is not eating from thee, neither is it far off. Verse 12, very keep. Pay attention, I beg you. It is not in heaven that thou should say, who shall go up to heaven and bring unto us, that we may hear or do it. Verse 13, neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us. And bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse 14. But the word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest say it. Where is this taking? Romans 10. Are you seeing that everything is from the scriptures now? Guys, are you seeing? When I tell you, when I tell you, study the other, it says, The word is nigh thee and in thy mouth that thou say it. Look at verse 15. Very key. See, I have said before thee this day life and good. Death and evil. Can we safely say the tree of life in Genesis 1? Can we safely say the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Hey, Adam and Eve. Guys, you didn't catch it. Can we safely say now he's teaching them what the same thing that they rejected. Adam and Eve rejected the tree of life and knowledge of good. Can we safely say he's explaining it again in Deuteronomy? Did you catch it? It's giving them good again and evil. Are you seeing Moses' eminotic now? You will, you, will, you will understand it as you study scriptures. That most of this, you have to study. The, the book of Moses is very easy to understand because they used the same words. So he gave them, he says, the tree of the good of life. And, and look at what he told them. Says, in this, I command this day, love the Lord thy God and walk in his way. He told them. He told them. But they rejected the gospel. They rejected life. They returned God's presence. They appointed Moses as their mediator because of unbelief. The word preached to them was Deuteronomy 30, level to 15. By Moses was not mixed with it. Hence, he gave them the law. So Moses gave them the law. They rejected him. John 5, verse 45 to 47. Plenty scriptures, good for you. <laughs> The scriptures good for your health. Because you have to come in the volume of the books. By the time you are done, by the time we are done with this series and you have questions, ah, ah. Because I'm what I'm doing now is answering questions. How many of you have seen that? I'm trying to answer all your questions that you may have. John 5 is 45 to 47. Look at what Jesus told them. Are you there? Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. 
No, you're too dull. You're too dull for my like one, two, ready, go. Verse 46. Verse 47. Say, so don't think I've come to accuse you. I would. To the father, there is one that accused you, Moses. He <laughs> wrote of me. If you have believed not his writing, how shall you believe me? So if you have not read these books, the first five books, you cannot believe me now. <laughs> Are you seeing? So that means Moses offered them both the gospel of Christ and the Lord to them. He offered them two. And it was because they transgressed from the promise that he gave them the law. If it makes sense, let me see your hands now. All right, cool. So, in essence, you have to know that to think that God appointed Moses as the mediator or to punish Israel for their rebellion and unbelief in the promise in their life will be inconsistent with his character. So, was he God punishing the children of Israel? No, it was Moses. Are you seeing it? No. It was Israel that appointed Moses and not God. God's promise was concerning his son. And the prophet spoke about it. We read that in Romans 1 verse, verse 1 to 4. And that's why Paul also explained in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. He says, moreover, brethren. Go to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1. I want you to see. Moreover, brethren. It's a small brethren. I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud all passed through the sea. And they were did what? They were all baptized into Moses. <laughs> That's an eminotic. I'm going to explain that to you much later, not in this session. It says baptized. Baptized is the Greek word baptizo. It means to be fully immersed into, to identify with. So Paul was explaining that they identified with Moses. Moses, whom they appointed as their mediator, they decided to identify with him. <laughs> that is why Paul, in his second letter, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 9, he explains certain things to us. And, and it's going to make real sense to you. I'm sure some of you have read this before, but you don't understand it. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 9 to 18. It's a long read. I'll read the first one, you read the second one. I want to get, get you engaged. Verse 9. It says, For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doeth the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory. 10. For if that which was made glorious have no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that it selleth. 11. For if that. No, I will read that. I will read that. For if that which was done away was glorious. Much more that which was remained is glorious. Look at verse 12. Read it very carefully. Look at verse 13. Now, it says, We use great plainness of speech. Verse 13 now says, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face. Are you seeing it? That the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the end to which it was abolished. I'll read verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament. That veil is done away with. Look at verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, what is happening? The veil is upon 
Verse 16. Nevertheless, he shall turn to the Lord, and the vein shall be taken away. In verse 17, he says, where the Lord is, he says, now the Lord is that spirit, and the spirit of the Lord is, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. A lot of people have turned that, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, like in Egaji. Now, just, just looking, reading it in context, what does that verse 17 mean? Check it, check it, check it, check it. Read it very well. Read it again. When the veil is taken away, there is what? There is liberty. There is freedom. Are you seeing it? It's just like if your eyes is still blinded to see God as evil in the Old Testament, can we safely say there is a veil in your face? Yes, so that means when we preach to people and they are still saying, God is wicked. God is unjust. God is this. And you know, they can, they, those people never hold the New Testament to say that. Do you notice that none of them can use the four Gospels, the epistles, any of those things to say that? But they will just say, ah, why did he kill those people in the Old Testament? Why did he do? Can we say a veil is on their face? Yes, sir. But he says, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Can we say in this kind of our service now, the Spirit of the Lord is here? Yes, sir. Why? Because your eyes is opened. Are you seeing it? See, a lot of people say, where the Spirit of the Lord is, they live and they live and they live In fact, I'm going to even do this as a teacher the spirit of liberty so that we can safely know where exactly where to know where exactly god is <laughs> so he has been the ministration of death and condemnation blinded the minds of many he says that when moses is read a veil is upon the heart of men so in other words they practice the more they practice the law of moses the lord their minds are blinded so the more people are practicing, the more Moses practicing, oh, don't do this, touch not taste, not do this, the more their hands is blinded from the truth of the gospel of Christ. The veil is upon their heart, and that veil can only be taken away in Christ. Did, did, did you see the scripture now? Do you, did you understand it? So, that's why, recall in Moses' encounter in Exodus 33, verse 13, let's go there. Moses' encounter in Exodus 33, verse 33, and I explained this also in Show Me Your Glory. Exodus 33. Look at Moses' encounter there. So, you know, I told you, I said Moses understood God's character, right? Moses understood that God was not evil, God was not this. But he gave his people something. Look at verse 13. He says, Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I found grace in your sight, show me now that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. Consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee and shall give thee rest. Verse 15. And he said to them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up things. Verse 16. For wherewith it shall be known that I and thy people have found grace in their side. Is it not that thou goest with us, so that shall be separated and I the people, and from all the people are upon the peace of the earth? Verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do these things which thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in thy sight, and I know thee by my name. Glory to God. Verse 18, he says, and he said, besiege thee. And he said, I besiege thee, show me thy glory. Verse 19, he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy of whom I will show. In new God. Look at how Psalm explained it. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verse 7. Psalm 103 verse 7 to 12. So you can, even if you read the Old Testament, you even see God's character there. Psalm 103 verse, verse 12. Verse, Psalm 103 verse 7. 
7 to 12. Psalm 103, verse 7 to 12. Look at it. He made known. Look at it. Ha, ah, guys, I want everybody to read. I'll wait for everybody. I will wait. I will wait. One, two, ready, go. He made known his ways unto Moses. His acts upon the Are you seeing He made known his ways unto Moses. Then his acts unto the children of his heart unto the children of God, not to the children of Israel. Look at verse 8, very key. The Lord is merciful. Hiya. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. Plenteous in mercy. That's our God. I thought this in our God. If you go and get that message, he says, He will always, He will not always shine, neither will He keep His anger forever. I explained that in the wrath of God. He has not dealt with us after according to our sins, right? Nor rewarded us according to our evidence. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our transgressions from us. He says, he has made known his ways. That word ways, dear, is from the Hebrew word derek. Derek. D-E-R-E-K. D-E-R-E-K. It is used for a distance. He has, known, he has made known his ways. Is used for a distance. We can see that in, let's see how it was used in the following text. In Genesis 3 verse 24, I said the word ways, there is Derek. D-E-R-E-K, Derek. Just put your hands in that uh, uh, Psalm 103 and we'll come back there. I just want to see how it was used. So we said Derek, it was used for what? A distance. Now, let's see how it was used. Hebrews, um, Genesis 3, verse 24. Not Hebrews. <laughs> Genesis 3, 24. It says, And he drove them out of, he drove out of the man, and he placed the east of the garden, and Adam, Shurim, and a flaming sword, and he thorn everywhere to keep the way of the children, of the tree of life. Look at Genesis 6, verse 12. The way upon the way of the tree of life. Look at Genesis 6, verse 12. It says, And God looked upon the earth and found that it was corrupt for all flesh that, cor- mm. that for all flesh that corrupted his way upon the earth. Remember, I say it was used for a distance. In other words, Moses knew the way of God. Moses knew the purpose, his plan, his promise. Moses knew the riches of Christ. Moses knew it. Hebrews 11 26, we explain it further to us. Hebrews 11 26, you can read that on your own time. So, the word way there was used for a past occurrence, something that was consistent or regular. I will explain to you. If you say, let's use it in English now. Everybody now, you know the ways of Chiamaka, right? You can safely say what she did in 2018, what she did in 2019, what she did in 2021. What she did in 2022, you can simply say, she will do it in 2024. Right? That's the way. Something that is consistent, an occurrence. Something that is consistent and regular. So that means that God was very predictable and Moses knew that fact. It's just like even the psalmist. The psalmist knew God. David knew God. He says, you will not take away your Holy Spirit from me. He knew it. David knew. So, Moses knew God as gracious and merciful. He knew God's ways. He knew how far God would go in his dealings with men. He knew it. 
he knew, just like all of you know that God is not hungry with you today, right? That God, God has dealt with his son for you, right? That's the wrong statement. God did not deal with his son. It's not God that killed his son. If I say that, that's not I hear it as say God killed his son. No, not God did not kill his son. <laughs> then it also me. If I say God killed his son, it will also, if you go and teach the gospel, you're going to say God killed Jesus for you. It will mean that God kills. <laughs> I used to say you have to be careful with your explanation. God did not kill you. God did not kill Jesus. It was men that killed Jesus. Are you getting what I was saying? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that place in this gospel, not here. It's not the, the section for it. <laughs> okay, so in new God's ways, in new as well. So it was not Moses that hid the ways of God from the children of from the children of um, God or those times. Rather, they were the ones. We had their own belief. They rejected God's presence. They rejected His promise. They, they appointed Moses as their mediator to listen to God on their behalf and inform them of His ways. So Moses knew. Let's look at that. Psalm 103, verse, Psalm 103 again, verse 7. Let's look at it. Let's pick some things that Moses did. That's Psalm 103, verse 7. Very quickly. Look at it. Psalm 103, verse 7. I'll release you soon. Don't worry. Are you tired? You tired of hearing my voice? Huh? Okay. I'll release you soon. I'm almost done. All right. Look at. Um, I'm looking at my table. Why are you looking at my puppets to check whether I'm really done? <laughs> when I say I'm almost done, you check the puppet. This does not look. This really look too busy to be done. <laughs> Oh, right, look at Psalm 103. Trust God. Learn to trust God. When I say I'm done, trust God. Psalm 103, verse 7. It says, Moses knew God, right? He knew the ways of God. He knew his act. He knew the truth. He knew his ways. And he, he, he explains that he meant that he knew God's ways. In verse 8, what are God's ways? He says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. I taught you this in wrath of God. This slow to anger. Plenteous in mess. In verse 9, Moses knew he will not always shine. In verse 10, Moses knew he has not dealt with us after our sins. Have you seen that Moses actually knew? In verse 11, Moses knew as heaven is high above the earth. So great is his message towards them that fear him. Have you seen that Moses actually knew God? Verse 12, Moses knew that as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed the transgression from us. Are you see that? Moses actually knew God's character. So it's you that don't even know it. Moses knew God's character. So the question is, remember, the question is, if Moses knew this fact of God, he knew God's character, who then was dealing with the children of Israel who disobeyed the law of Moses? I'll say it again. Moses knew God's character. He knew now that God does not kill. God is slow to God is not ready to destroy. God does not child. God is very is very merciful. God is very merciful. We mean that if something happens, it means that God can easily forgive that he doesn't have to kill the person. Do you see? The question will not be if Moses knew those facts about God and his dealings, who then was dealing with the children of Israel when they disobeyed God? Who destroyed those people that murmured in Numbers 14? 
Who killed the 3,000 people that they built and worshipped the multi calf in Exodus 32? <laughs> Remember, I told you, Moses knew. I think I should even stop here so that you go and be thinking. <laughs> no, I'm not stopping. I will finish this. So that you don't get to and say, Pastor is confusing me. <laughs> Moses knew the ways. He knew God's character. He knew everything. So he knew that God cannot do this. So who was now dealing? <laughs> All right. Obviously, that can't be God. God cannot be the one behind what happened in Numbers 14. God cannot be the one who destroyed people in Exodus 32. It's definitely not God. Because Moses knew that God was slow to anger. Are we? So God cannot be angry. God could not be angry. He was slow to anger. He was pleasures in mercy. So who was, who was not the person getting angry? <laughs> are, are you thinking? Moses knew that God cannot get angry. God is slow to anger. Slow to anger means he cannot even get angry. You know this thing that people say, what God cannot do does not exist. There are things that God cannot do. He cannot get angry. I understand their context. Don't get me wrong. Their context is in the, is in the sense, essence of God answers prayers. God supernatural. And that's fine. Don't castigate those things. But when you are not bringing it to a more Bible minority context, there are things that God cannot do. God can never be angry with you. <laughs> God, you know what the scripture says he cannot lie he's not even a man that should lie there are things that you see you know how you know your, your earthly father today and say ah, my, if I ask my daddy for $1,000 like this my daddy cannot me I, if I call my father today and I say daddy give me $1,000 my father can never give me <laughs> you know everybody knows your father some of you fathers can do it but my own father my own, my own biological, I can never give. My father say, ah, so why are you working? What's, what's my business? He said, I cannot help you. Ah, what's you? My, oh, my father can never give. My, mo- my, my mother will not even give me $5 at this stage of her life. My mother will tell me, my mother will say, ah, I love you so much. Oh, oh sorry. The, the time my mother, if I, my mother gave me money, was in a couple of months ago, I was surprised. I felt oh, this may be maybe an angel walk, maybe an angel cover her face <laughs> and came in her form. And that's just hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. She came no, and that hundred dollars go. They told me when you have your money, pay us back. <laughs> now you you know your parents. That's my own parent. You you know ah, you can call your mommy and cry and. They would give you. Some of you know that even if you cry from today to next year, not no she she will drop. <laughs> Everybody knows their opening. Now Moses knew the God he was dealing with. He knew that God can God cannot even try it. God cannot even say, if I as <laughs> you know that 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 thing on tick that is changing on Twitter as you just like you just you know. You know, you think I can slap you. I see. So now, that is the ways. <laughs> and you see that? And that's consistent with, because I've stoned her before, I've done. So she knows, as she just, I can't. But assuming, God doing that, I doesn't know now. God will just know, I'm just teaching. 
God will just say, oh, he cannot do anything. But this one knows. She has to carry her feet. And she just, uh, you know, Moses knew that, ah, uh, God cannot do, and she just, <laughs> do you get it? Do you, do, do you get it? That's how it works. Moses knew. So, don't think. So, quit, take your mind. So, let, let, let me tell you something. The children of Israel did not know God. Moses that even wrote the scripture knew. So, you see that it is, it is a problem in our today's world when people are thinking God is a killer. God is a destroyer. God is a this. Even the man who wrote the Bible did not, that wrote the, the first Bible did not believe it. That's why we, we read, Paul had to tell us that it's a veil that is in your face making you see those things. And that's the essence of Bible study like this. Where we look at God's word and we say that, ah, so now, who was behind it? If God cannot do, I should just, I should just like, I should the study just got interesting. Now I'm sure you are thinking. Look at Exodus 32 verse 19. <laughs> Let's look at something that Moses wrote. Remember, the question is, who was not the person getting angry? Because God is slow to anger. And I taught you, how many of you have listened to Wrath of God? How many of you have listened to that short thing I did? Remember I told you, I said, Wrath of God means, when they say God, it's God's inactivity in an action, right? And I told you, I said, when he says slow to anger, it, does, it means he does not even get angry. Look at Exodus 32 verse 19. Look at what the scriptures say. Now, if you do not have proper understanding now, you just read this thing and say, ah, this, this God is too wicked. You know, that's why some people say, ah, ajiko akpako, in Yoruba means he kills one and wake the next person up. So he doesn't pens up. <laughs> God, you do pens up on your life. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, I mean, when, you were in, when you were in high school, he does it, pens up. <laughs> Pens down. God just do pens up and pens down to people's life. You know, pens up. That's all for you. <laughs> you are done with this life. You wake the next person up to continue. So, say, so when people are watching me, they say, Ah, ajiko akpako. Ajiko akpako means the God that kills one and wake another person up. Ajalakuto <laughs> migo It means the God that shakes. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain that one very well, you know, but the God has shake the forest very well. You know, that's idol worship. Because which forest has he shook? It's a forest. All right, look at Exodus 32 verse 19. This is getting interesting. Exodus 32 verse 19. Look at what happened. He says, and it came to pass. As soon as he came near to the camp, that he saw the calf, you know, now, Moses has gone. Let me give you a background. Moses has gone to the to to Monsina. He spent a lot of time to, to on Monsina. Then he came back. Aaron has already built a moting car for them. You remember that story? They touched you. You say, okay. <laughs> Moses has already built a goatee car for them. Ah, Aaron, sorry, has built a moting car. Ah, what's going on to my people? It's just like say I travel now to Nigeria. Then I come back and Chamaka is already teaching people uh, that God can actually or them. Songs of Solomon, I was telling you, echoes of his love. <laughs> oh, snows of his love. I just say, oh, brethren, 
Pastor did not get it right. Let's study, Let's study the echoes of his love. You know, <laughs> there is just re- misdirecting it towards it. So, Moses, that is even still trying to get his people saved before. <laughs> and he went to intercede on their behalf <laughs> for 40 days and spent time with the God that knows that I cannot do anything. By the time he came back, uh-uh. the people that were still, the people he was still believing God for already went worse. <laughs> You know, the, what's that story? That, that, that person on TikTok said, the pressure is getting worse. <laughs> you see, ah, the pressure. The, the pressure is getting worse. Uh-huh. So, now, Moses' Moses's problem is getting worse. So, now, Moses came down. Now, that's the background. Now, look at the verse 9. And he came to pass. As soon as he came into the camp, so it's like say the mountain is somewhere, he came back to the camp. That he saw the calf and the dancing. So all of them were the, hey, 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 you know, bonfire. You know, I remember watching him how to get away with mother. That bonfire night. Hey, 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 they were watching me. They, they were doing bonfire over there and they were dancing. And Moses, what? Look at Moses. <laughs> Guys, read it. <laughs> Guys, read it. He says, and Moses' anger waxed hot. You know, you don't you know the meaning of us so, You know, have you gotten angry before? You? <laughs> and you are and you are breathing like ha ha you know he says Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the te- you know he went to bring the Ten Commandments from the Monsena. <laughs> That's what he went to do. He went to bring the uh, God, God, this is what God said. He went to bring it. Then what happened? He cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mouth. That's anger. He was angry. This the third commandment was also delivered to the people that God himself used his hand to write. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm Somebody should put a slate in front of God and something is writing it for him. He broke it. I can uh, me I, I don't think I can get to that point where God will give me if we let me just if we use my pastor. My pastor will tell me something. I supposed to carry it to you. I'll now get angry. Not that talk of God gave you. <laughs> my Lord and my God. <laughs> now he broke he break it beneath the mount and he took the calf that they had made. Somebody will still dancing, still dancing, still dancing. They say, Ah, Moses has come, Moses has come, Moses has come. You know that the pastor has come, Moses has come. Moses just break it, burnt it with fire, broke it, ground it to powder. I'm sure he must have used peace too. He pounded it in and strode it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink it. <laughs> Are you sure that the guy has problem? <laughs> Are you sure that? Are you sure that Moses? <laughs> Do you know that Moses? <laughs> Do you know what they used to make the goody calf? Do you know that they use gold, jewelries, all of those things? Moses collected everything. I'm sure Joshua will have been looking like, hey, God, hey, what is going on? Aaron that helped them to build it. You know, Aaron was the one who built it for them. Aaron was Moses' brother. You don't understand. Aaron was Moses' brother, a chief priest who's supposed to be telling them, don't worry, Moses is coming. This is what Moses has taught us. He's reteaching, who's supposed to be reteaching them? He became the ringleader of idolatry. 
he helped them to say, ah, guys, Moses not come, but let's do bonfire night. Oh, yeah. It's not like I should travel now. All of you should not talk Sunday service to relationship seminar. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. I just say, Bedre, it's not as if relationship seminar is not good. It's just not our emphasis now. You just say, Bedre. Pastor, you don't understand. Let's study sex. In the scriptures, you know, say, you know, say, let's look at sex in the scriptures. You cannot do a suggestion, you know, something has gone wrong <laughs> with you people. <laughs> now, that is exactly what was happening. He now grinded it. So, yeah, everybody, take turns. Next, drink. <laughs> drink it. He <laughs> says, he grinded it to powder, strawed it upon the water, and made the children of Israel drink it. Verse 21, and Moses said to Aaron, what did these people, what this, what did these people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of the Lord was hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on me sheep. Aaron was like, you know these people. <laughs> But look at what he said. He said, let not the what? You know, if you have not read up, you will not know who was angry. Who was angry now? You know, Aaron now said, the Lord. Remember Elohim. So he, was, he had to quickly appreciate Moses as a deity quickly. <laughs> Look at Exodus 32, verse 28. Look at verse 28 of that same place. And the children of Levi did according to the what? Look at it too. And what happened? One, two, let's read it together. So 3,000 men did what? Died according to what? Alright. Verse 29. And Moses said, Consecrate yourself upon the Lord, to the Lord, even every man upon his son or upon his brother. Everybody will eh? <laughs> Who will not be wait? If you were the one. Let's say somebody came to this service now. The person offended me and I just say, Because you looked at me that way, fall down, die now. I'm sure everybody will sit tight. In this service, say, wow. The man of God has power. <laughs> you know? Or I should just say, right now, Chiamaka, the way for all the troubles you have caused me in this life, turn black now. From this, your yellow, go black. And you may, let's say in our very eyes, she thought, start turning black. You know, all of you will respect me the more. Oh, let it happen. Maybe you will not respect me. <laughs> Next, tomorrow, as you're coming, nobody will. And I, and I will give you a warning and I say, Try yourself. Don't come to service tomorrow. <laughs> Some of you, nobody will pick you. You book you by yourself. <laughs> Some of you, 8 a.m., you'll be seated. <laughs> Some of you will not even go up tonight. <laughs> With what happened? <laughs> my baby. That's what was happening. 3,000 men died. He told them, consecrate. Who will not consecrate themselves? He said, now, consecrate yourself 
to the Lord this day, every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you the blessing of this day. Verse 30. And it came to pass upon the, mor the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have seen the great sin. Now we go up to the Lord, peradventure that I may make an atonement for your sin. Look at verse 31. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have seen the great sin, and they've made and they made them gods of gold. Verse 32. Ye now without forgive their sins, and if not, blot me, I pray thee out of their book that thou hast written. Verse 33, And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out, out of my book. <laughs> Look at verse 34. Therefore now go, lead the people to the place where I have spoken. Behold, my angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, this day I will visit, I will visit their sins upon them. And the Lord plagued the people, because they have made calf which Aaron made. Now the question will be, was it God doing this? Verse 19, we saw Moses' anger was wrought, was waxed out, are we? Verse 34, it says, My angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, this day I will visit their sins upon thee. So it was the angel of the it was the angel that visited the sins upon the people and all God. Are you seeing it? It was the angel of angel and not God that killed 3,000 people in verse 28. So we have, so now look at this. So far in this series now, we've been able to establish that the perfect revelation of God is found in Christ, right? And that the things that Jesus did in his earthly work are the things that God does. I mean, all of you understand it. In John 5 verse 19, it says, And the answer to that, I say, Very little I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. John 5 verse 19. Let's go there. John 5 verse 19. We are still coming back there. Mm. John 5 verse 19. It says, And verily, verily, and Jesus has said, Verily I say unto you, The Son doeth nothing of himself, but what he seeth what? that do for whatsoever things he doeth this also things the son doeth likewise so we can safely say god does not kill look at matthew 26 verse 47 let me show you some scenarios in the four gospels matthew 26 verse 47 to 56 remember i said again that the perfect revelation of God is found where? In Christ. And the things that Jesus did on his earthly work are the things that what? God does. So it was Moses' anger that was rattled, right? And the angel of the Lord killed those people, not God. Look at um, Matthew 26, verse 47. It says, And why ye yet speak? Lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came with him with a great multitude of swords and staves and all of those things. And in verse 48, and now they betrayed him with the sign, says, Whoever I shall kiss, same is he. Verse 49, forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Verse 50, and he said, Friend, why art thou come? And there came ladens on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, and he drew his sword and plucked his servant of the eyepiece and smoothed off his ear. That's Peter. 
And Jesus said unto him, Put thy sword into thy place. For all they that think this sword shall perish with sword. Thinketh not that I cannot pray to my father, and he will presently give me more than what? Twelve legions of angels. And then the scriptures will be fulfilled. And look at verse 55. In that same hour, Jesus in that multitude, as he had come against with the steepers, he sat daily with the temple and all. And see what done, the scripture will be fulfilled, and the disciples took and foresee. He fixed the year, but the background of the year, Jesus betrayed Judas betrayed Jesus and the great multitude with sword and all of those things. Verse one, Peter drew his sword, cut his ear, and all of those things. Now, naturally, in the word system, what that disciple did can be described as brave, self-defense. That's being smart. That's being very sharp, Abby. That's reflex. Or what some will call back to sender. That father, back to sender. You give me one. I give you two. But Jesus' response speak volume that no, don't do that. Oh, you know, Jesus could have just left it and said, Ah, she be they even want to come and be, but they want to come and betray me before. They want to come and arrest me before. So let it happen to them. Look at in Luke 24, verse Luke 22, verse 49. The same thing happened again. Luke 22, verse 49. Luke 22, verse 49. Which we are about him would follow, and they said to him, Lord, without smite with sword, and one of them smote the servant, the high priest, and cut his ear, and Jesus said, Suffer ye thus far, and he touched his ear, and did what? He yielded him. So the first thing Jesus did was to correct and instruct his disciples to return his sword to his place. Secondly, he yielded the man. Now, this might look at Saul, because what would be in the mind of a typical Jew, especially the one Actually, one from the time of Moses is that God will kill and destroy anyone who touches, who touches his anointing. Touch not my anointing, I do my prophet, no, all those things. And his only begotten son, God, will avenge and capture the killing of his son. But none of that happened. Jesus rather said what happened to him was to the end that the scriptures might be fulfilled and to be captured by them. So, he, 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 he didn't do evil. Look at another scenario in John 18, verse 1 to 3. John 18, verse 1 to 3. The same story was written there. John 18, verse 1 to 9. Sorry. John 18, verse 1 to 9. The same story. So Jesus answered and came unto them also, and they, and they went back and fell on the ground. And that occurrence was supernatural. When he says they fell on the ground in that place, they came to them and they fell on That occurrence was supernatural. So Jesus spoke about asking the Father, receiving ministry of more than 12 legions of angels. So in other words, Jesus allowed himself to be captured. And he thought his disciples also that... And what, one of the things he did was that he taught his disciples also that angels are an important fact about the power of God. And like I said, when I first started this series, or this section today, that angels are very vital into the power of God. It is not for revenge or for violence, because God does not take life. You cannot send an angel to kill today, no. Rather, God gives life. So, you must learn to receive the ministry of angels. Because Jesus actually said, don't I have about 12 angels of angels who can actually shield me away from this problem? Are you seeing it? It shows that angels can actually 
work and orchestrate situations for us. Are you seeing it? So learn to take advantage of the ministry of angels. Are you getting me? And I'm going to really teach on it very soon. So angels learn from that scenario. So angels also will learn from that scenario. Because their perception about God and his power has changed. So it's obvious that angels were involved when those people fell down after Jesus responded that I am he. That's the power of God. Are you seeing it? It just would, you know, when he, when he said, when they, when they came to him in that John 18, where he says, who do you seek for? And he says, I am me. And they fell down. I taught you this in, the, in um, why they falling. And, he fell, and all of them fell down. Angels would definitely be involved in all of them falling down. But, they gave, the angels did not act like men of the Old Testament. You know, they could have fallen down like that and died. But they fell down, they stood up back. That's just the power of God. So that's why the same people fell down and they also captured him. Nothing happened to them. Because now they are seeing that the perception of Jesus is changing. Because now we are in the new covenant. Glory to God. So this explains to us that the ministry of angels in the four gospels and the book of Acts is different from that in the Old Testament. How many of you now get it now? It's different. So in the book of Acts, when angels rescued people, believers, do you notice that it was angels that rescued Peter in Acts 5? Go to Act 5. They did not... I'm, I'm teaching you ministry of angels gradually. See, look at Act 5. Act 5 verse 18. Act 5 verse 18. I'm preparing you for the teaching I'm going to do. Because I, want, I don't want you to go and start thinking... Because now we've done a whole lot of... A lot of studies in the, of the Old Testament and all of those things. I don't want you to go and start having the mindset that... You can still operate like that. <laughs> look at Act 5 verse 18. Are you getting tired or you're getting blessed? I'm almost done. At 5 verse 18, it says, And they laid the hands on the apostles and put them in the prison, in the common prison. I'm if you're reading it. Are you seeing it? Look at what happened in verse 19. What happened? But the angel of the Lord by night did what? And brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple and to the people and the world. So, can you see that angel rescued them from trouble? He told them, he told them where to go. So, it would mean that, so can you see that you can be stranded somewhere and an angel can provide a means? How many of you have seen it now? They were one stuck and the angel said, Look at what the angel told them. Verse Go stand and speak in the temple and tell all of the words of this life. And when they entered into the temple, they did the same. Are you seeing it? Look at Acts 12. So, I want us as a church to learn to receive the ministry of angels also. Now, Acts 12 verse 6. So, you see that now they are not killing anymore. Right? They are now doing their job. <laughs> they are not... Look at Acts 12 verse 6. And when Herod would... Are you, how many of you are there now? Alright. It says, And when Herod would have brought in forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept him in prison. Look at verse 7. What happened? And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. The light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the, slap, on the side. He means he slapped Peter. Oh, Benny, rise up. Say, arise quickly. Maybe Peter must have been deep in sleep. He gave him. Imagine. <laughs> and his shame fell off from his hand. Look at what happened in verse 8. So, it shows. How many of you have been how many of you have felt this way before in the midnight? Somebody tap you to wake up. How many of you have felt it before? 
That's the angel of the Lord waking you up. Many times when you don't know what to do, just pray. Pray in the spirit. It's just me and God awakening your consciousness to something. That thing has happened to me, I can't count. I just feel like somebody tapped me and nobody was around. As a Christian, you will have felt that way. There's no way. But many of you, you just sleep and say, nobody woke me up. <laughs> many of you just, you just wake up. You say, leave me alone. Leave me alone. You look around. Say, nobody's actually disturbing you. You just feel like maybe you're dreaming. You sleep back. Oh, brethren. Ah. And you know the funny thing? Sometimes it can be continuous. You see at the next touch again, the next like one hour. Oh, baby. Wake up. You say, leave me alone. Leave me alone. You look at it. You wake up. You say, nobody's a... He said, baby, you're having a dream. They did not come back again. Then you're not waking up in the morning. You're not wondering. I kept waking up. I kept... The time has passed. It will just be like Jesus telling his disciples, sleep up. <laughs> so he woke Peter up. Peter was sleeping. Men were praying for him. So it means that as, men, as we are praying, we can activate ministries of angels. Because men were praying for Peter and he woke him up. The result of the prayer was that the angel of the Lord acted. He woke him up. Look at the verse 7. He smote him and arise quickly. So the angels can speak to you. Are you seeing that in Acts 5 they spoke, right? In Acts 7, they, in Acts 12 now they are speaking. He says, arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. Look at what happened in verse 8. And the angel of the Lord said to him, guide thyself, bound their sandals. And so he did. So the angel of the Lord gave him instructions because they are messengers. And he said, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. So, can angels lead you when you are stranded? Take you away from a stranded place? You see that story I told you when I told you my friend was stranded somewhere in the bush and somebody took her hand and took her out of it. Are you seeing it? So, you can get stranded and the Lord of the Lord can help you out. As we pray also, because the church was praying for Peter here, we can activate ministry of angels. Let's say, let's say we are praying for um, somebody now, maybe somebody in a problem. Can we safely say an angel of the Lord can do something for the person in that, in that place? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, he says, look at it. He says, cast thy garment and follow me. Look at verse 9. He says, and he went out and followed him. And wished not that it was true, was done by an angel. But he thought it was a vision. So, Peter was like, ah, am I seeing a vision? Then when they were past the first and second ward, and they came into the iron gate that leaded into the city, which opened them into his own accord, and the way that I passed through one street and fought what? The angel, of, the angel departed from him. He has finished his assignment. Now he knows his way out. He knows the road that leads to his house. He departed from him. So it could mean that a guy can be going through a problem now. Let's say in Rhode Island. And we can just say in the name of Jesus. And we as a church, we just agree in prayers. Not just in the name of Jesus. We pray fervently. And we pray. And we can safely say the person is delivered from that evil. Remember, we saw in Psalm 91 that he's put his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Are you seeing it? Look at in Psalm and Acts 27 also. Look at Acts 27. Are you seeing that? One thing that is characteristic with the new covenant now is that we can receive the ministry of angels. Say, I can receive the ministry of angels. You're not saying like, you're not saying like someone I want to receive it. You can receive it. Look at Psalm, Psalm Acts 27 verse 21. Acts 27 verse 21. At 27 verse 21, it says, now this is Paul now. It says, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and says, Sars, you should hearken to me and not have loosed from Crete 
and to gain this harm and loss. Look at verse 22, very key. And I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. For there stood by me in the night, the angel of God, Lord, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, that thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God giveth thee all that sail with thee. And wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. That's where the statement came from. I believe God. That it shall be even as he was told me. So can you see that angels can minister to you also and give you words of comfort? So they minister to Paul and give him words of comfort. Remember what happened to Jesus after he finished fasting and praying and the devil came to tempt him. Look at what happened. The Bible told us that and the angel of the Lord ministered to the Lord Jesus, right? Can we simply say comforting? So angels can give us comfort, right? They can give us strength. They can give us, they can minister comfort words to us. So many times when you see an angel, don't just be moved with your presence. Always get them to talk. Are you getting me? Don't just say, ah, okay. Eh, you, you, you're, ah, eh, so you're an angel. This and that. Be smart. Get them to talk. Paul said, the angel of the Lord came to him by night and told him that he will be, go to Caesar. So can we simply say, even via supernatural directions, the angel of the Lord can appear to you even before you are out church and tell you, don't go to Walmart today. Go to Wegman. You will see a guy. He's wearing this shirt. Preach to him. He needs to hear the God. Can we say that that can happen? Can we say the angel of the Lord can also meet somebody and tell the person and say, you will meet one girl, she's wearing black clothes today, and you can, because you are supernaturally also led by God, you are you can also now wear the clothes. That's why sometimes, don't, don't just take all your, don't just act on natural impulses. <laughs> let me go and change this, let me go and change this, or bear me. Follow the leading of the Spirit, especially without riches. And the angel of God can tell somebody and say, you will meet somebody like this, she's going to be there, or maybe especially I've seen you in a dream. Talking to the person. How many of you that has happened to you? As you met somebody that's always say, I've seen somebody that look like you before. How many of you so this is, I've met somebody that look like you before? Like you are like an angel in disguise that he, that thing has happened to me before. Someone will tell me, I saw you in my dream. I saw something that looked like you in my dream. Actually, now that we are preaching the gospel and we are giving people our messages, let me tell you what will happen. The angel of the Lord is going to work with us, especially in our ministry. And one, one thing about giving people message is that sometimes they will even know. They will not wake up in the middle of the night and just be hearing our voice. What happened? The Lord of God will go and press their food overnight. <laughs> and go to their Google Drive. Character of God. Play They wake up here. What is playing? Ah, I need to come to this church. You know, things like that happen. You know, let's say tomorrow is Sunday now. Those you have talked to, because we have prayed, the angel of the Lord can minister to them in a dream. And tell them, Ogbeni, stand up and pack your bag and go. Come to church tomorrow. Do you know you can quicken their steps? Because you have rightly prayed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Things like that happen. After your prayer. So don't, don't rule out the ministry of angels in your work with God. Are you, getting, are you saying that Peter had the experience twice? The disciples had the experience in Acts 5. Peter had the experience in Acts 12. Paul had the experience now in Acts 27. So don't rule out the ministry of angels at all. As you are preparing for service tomorrow now, so we can just come and tell you, ah, I saw that your pastor in a dream. It's not as if they saw me. It's just the angel of the Lord wearing my face in the dream. Are you getting what I'm saying? There could just be somebody you are ministering to and the person will just say, ah, I saw you explain this to me. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Those things have happened to me countless times. I remember there was something I was sharing with AY. There was something that happened to me in, in the course of the, this last week, I think on Monday. And I actually saw everything that happened. I was sharing with AY. And I actually saw everything that happened in the dream. That, oh, this will happen. This is what will happen. This is what will happen. This is what will happen. So don't rule out things like that. They can appear in your dreams or in the dreams of those you are teaching. Some of you that they bounce your call, all of those things. The angel of God can appear in their dreams and tell them, Respond to that person's message. That you need that person in your life. And since then, the person will tell you, ah, I'm not following you because of something. I'm following you because God told me to follow you. Are you seeing things like that? So, don't rule out supernatural experiences. Don't rule it out. They are always available to us upon the, upon the new birth. Are you getting me? So, just like we have examined the case of Moses, the Red Sea, the killing of the Jews, and the worship of Elijah, Elijah, initiating the shoulders, um, Elisha smiting them with blindness, lives were lost, destructions and chaos. Most of them were supernatural natures and those acts of men were disguised as acts of God. But no, they were not acts of God. But now, towards the end of Moses' ministry, there was a statement, as I round up now, towards the end of Moses' ministry, there was a statement he made in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. He said, The secret things belong to our Lord, the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children, for we may do the words of the Lord. So Moses' explanation of those things that were revealed and the children do to them and the words of the Lord, in essence, the things that were revealed for the children of Israel and Lord did not come from God. They were given by Moses. They were given by Moses. And what, what did Moses mean by the secret things of God? The word secret is from the Hebrew word Shafab. S-H-P-H. S-A-P-H-A-H. S-A-P-H-A-H. In the exact translation of Aprocru... Um, is the Greek translation of Aprocruto. It means Eden. Paul used it in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7. Aprocruto means A-P-O-K-U... K R U P T O A P O K R U P T O, and in the First Corinthians two verse seven, where it says we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom for which God has ordained before the world unto our glory. So the hidden is the word appropriate. It means conceal, to be kept secret. It says we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So you will see Paul uses it. You will notice in the preceding verse, like in First Corinthians two verse one, to to 6, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 6, says, For I have determined not to know anything among you, in verse 2, say Jesus and him crucified, says, My preaching and my preaching was not with them, enticing words of man wisdom, but with demonstration of spirit and power. It says, How be it that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of God, but in the, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In verse 6, and that says, But we speak the easy wisdom of God, um, um, the easy wisdom of God among them that are perfect. Yet the wisdom of this world and not the princes and nor of the princes of this world to come to naught. In verse 23 of that first Corinthians 1, he now says, But we push Christ crucified. Unto the Jews is a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks it's foolishness. Verse 24, he now says, But unto them that are called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So one thing you must understand is that the wisdom of God or the hidden wisdom is referring to Christ Jesus. So he is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. That's why, remember, remember in Psalm 103 verse 7, it says, He made known his ways to Moses. 
his act, the children of Israel, he made it to he made it known to Moses. In other words, the things that Moses was referring to in that Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, because you will see people who who, who, who will tell you, see, brethren, you cannot understand the Bible. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the Bible says, The secret things belong to God, to love our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. I don't know if I've heard people say that in our churches, they'll tell you, uh, you, you cannot know everything in the Bible. Uh, the secret things belong to God. No. No and no. Capital no. That's not what it means. Remember, Moses. So what Moses was referring to as that secret or hidden things were known to him. And those secrets, those things were secret because the children of Israel said to him, the children of Israel said to him in Exodus 20 verse 19 that they did not want to hear God. Remember that. They didn't want to hear God. They wanted to hear him. So they were stiff-necked. Those people that Moses led were stiff-necked. They were rebellious people. They were adding. Their hearts were adding. They were generation in whom they were no faith. The Bible called them forward generation. So he gave them a law to guide them. He gave them a law to guide them in Canaan. Because he was not going to be with them. So Moses gave them a law that when they get to the promised land, where God had ordained for them, this is the law they will follow. So it was not, that was not God's plan. God's plan was that all of them will be priests. All of them will know him from the least to the greatest. But he gave them God's plan. So Moses knew and believed the things and he referred to them as the secrets of God. So look at Moses now. He believed it. He believed God. He believed everything about God. But he now called it the secret things because he is the only one enjoying it. <laughs> it's just like saying, it's just like saying, don't worry, it's a mystery. It's a secret. Don't worry, it's a mystery. Just because you don't understand. So Moses understands, he now called what he understands the secret. <laughs> Look at how the writers of Hebrews explained it. Um, Hebrews 11, verse 24. I'm trying to round up. Don't worry, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to round up and I will, I will let you go. Hebrews 11, verse 24. How many of you enjoyed this? We are, we are done with this series already. Um, the character of God. Thank God we did not extend it more than 10 sessions. So I'm really excited at least to help you uh, not get so... so, so <laughs> uh, look at Hebrews 11 verse 24. By faith, Moses knew when he was to come, yes, and refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Look at verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of for a season. Verse 26 is very key. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, the greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward of the reward. So the reproach of Christ to him was the greater riches than the treasures that were in Israel. This shows you this shows you a very clear distinction between God's promise. We can safely call God's promise the gospel, right? God's promise the gospel, how that Christ will die, how that Christ will come, will bury, how that Christ will raise again, right? Can we, how many of you agree that we can call that? And it's differentiated that gospel from the law of Moses. So it's evident to us that what they kept, that it's evident to us that what they kept, that it's evident that they kept the promise of God, the gospel eating. It is evident to us, sorry, I was making it, I was getting too far. It's evident to us that what kept the promise of God, the gospel eating or the secret was their unbelief. 
unbelief, hardness of the heart. Remember I told you in Matthew 19 that Jesus told them it was not so, right? That it came, the law came because of the what? Hardness of their heart, the unbelief. It's just like saying, none of you want to come for Bible study now. None of you want to come for church service and you don't want to grow in God's word. Then I start giving you anointing oil. I say, go and use this. It will help your, it will help your life. Then I, then I pray for holy water for you. And I say, drink one in the morning, drink one in the afternoon, drink one in the evening so that you, your eyes will be clear to see the Bible very well. You know? That's what people can do for you. I, mean, I can do that for you. That just say, you want to really understand the Bible, bring water. Let me wash your face very well. Let me, I will do the washing of the face for you. And, to, and I will do an eminotic for you. And I just say, I will do the washing of the face for you. And I will impart you. So you pick the Bible and it will open up for you. You see that uh, you have entered, we have entered idol worship. So that's basically what he was doing for them. And, but faith in Christ is what opened us to the revelation of God. So God did not suddenly change. Do we understand that now? So can we say God has been consistent from the Old Testament? I don't know if you agree now. So did God change in the new? No. It is man who changed. So as man changed, can we safely say the activities of angels changed? Are we seeing man is now born again? Man has now believed the gospel. Can we safely say now angels understand? Right? So is it God who changed? Because God already gave the promise. They were just the one who rejected the promise. Could men have... So, is it possible that men would not have died? As those those 3,000 men, those people that Elijah killed, is it possible that those people could not have died? Because men were the ones involved. Are you seeing it now? So, because James 1 verse 16 to 17 says, Do not hear my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Are you seeing it? So, even under the Old Testament, even under Genesis to Malachi, it was a fact that was prophesied about God. And and let me show you the second to the last scripture. Malachi 3 verse 6. Everybody go there. Malachi 3 verse 6. Malachi 3 verse 6. Malachi 3 verse 6. Everybody. One, two, ready, go. Are you there? Malachi 3 verse 6. I'll wait for you. Malachi 3 verse 6. Malachi 3 verse 6. He says, I am the Lord. I do what? I change not. So that is God. So God has not changed. What changed was man's perspective of the Old Testament. What changed was man's perspective of the understanding of God. So the perfect, the complete, the exact revelation of the Father is in Christ. So any revelation that is outside God in his Son will lead to error. So, if you cannot explain whatever revelation you want to explain, and that revelation cannot lead to you explaining God as Father, God as Light, how Jesus walked upon in the Old Testament and all of those things, whatever revelation you want to explain that doesn't lead to that, that doesn't lead to that understanding, we cannot call it God. Are you seeing it? So, what changed was man's perspective. Are you seeing it now? What she was most perspective and the understanding of God. And Titus 1 verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God has never changed. There was no death. There is, there is no darkness. There was no death. There was no darkness. There was no destruction in the promise. And there is still not death, there is still not darkness, there is still not destruction in his promise. God's promise is life. 
And that's why in John 3, 16, he says, For God so loved his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but do what? Have everlasting life. So he has never changed. He is the same. That's why the writer of Hebrew will say, in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same. What? When we say yesterday, we can safely say in the time of old. Are you seeing it? So when this is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Yesterday we mean in the old covenant. Today we mean now and forever. He is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. So he has not changed. So if he was good in the New Testament, he is still good today. If he was good upon the four gospels, he was still good today. And he was always good from the Old Testament. If he did not kill anybody in the four Gospels, it means he never killed from the Old Testament and he's still not going to kill anybody today. So, quit thinking. I've, I've explained this. I, I did a series many years ago. You should get, probably should lay your hands on it. When you see a newborn baby who was born today and he died, and somebody say, God decided to take him. God did not do it. That's the devil. God is not the orchestration of death. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is not. You say, oh, you are sick. He is God. No, he's the devil. Are you seeing it? He has not. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue from, from here as the Lord will help us in the coming years. And we'll pick it up from other series. And one, like I said, this is a prelude to did God do it? And We'll start the series as, as soon as possible, probably next year, and we'll look at it. So, get studying, right? And pick up these materials and studies. It's available for your, for your growth and your consumptions. And, and, um, uh, and I believe that this would bless.